Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So uh, Donald Trump just said that drug dealers should be put to death. And uh, I guess the question is, what what degree is he talking about? Because he mentions these other countries and he says China doesn't have a drug problem. And I'm like... Is he talking about, you know, drug cartels that are murdering people and dealing in this really hard stuff? Or is he talking about like Singapore level? If you're found with like a poppy seed on you, they lock you up. Maybe not that extreme, obviously, but uh, interesting nonetheless, because immediately everyone's kind of like, dude, a lot of Trump's supporters are fairly libertarian. So it's interesting to see. But I think this is, what's more interesting about the conversation is what, what rhetoric Trump will embrace as we move into the midterms. And whether or not he'll announce before or after. So we got that story. Plus, the Washington Post says that Trump's actions are being investigated. And it's such a vague, weaselly headline. Are they investigating Trump or not? Come on. Mm. Come out. Tell us if Trump is being investigated. They said there is a criminal investigation and Trump's actions are involved, which sounds to me like they're saying, okay, it's not going to be Trump. And then we got another funny story. Democrats are boycotting Hulu because Hulu won't let them run the political ads they want to. Aw. Did you get what you wished for when you didn't want political ads on these platforms or when you wanted censorship because now you can't run your ads? Yeah, keep crying about it. My friends, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. The latest members only from the TimCast Uncensored After Hours show was hanging out with Zuby. You want to check this out? It's a really interesting show. The link is in the description below. You can also check out our show, Tales from the Inverted World. As a member, you are supporting our work directly. And uh, we got a lot of fun and crazy stuff happening. Of course, you know that I took out a 96-foot billboard of my rooster, Roberto Jr., in Times Square, among other billboards. And uh, we're really excited that we're going to be doing this big marketing push and we're going to be asserting ourselves in these dominant cultural spaces. And it's with your support we can keep doing that. We're going to have a members-only show coming up tonight, which should be particular, particularly interesting, considering our guest is former AG Matt Whitaker. Hello. So How are you? Former, this is amazing. Thanks for coming, man. <laughs> yeah. Former attorney general. I was looking for a way to tank my career. I think I found it. <laughs> your, career is, <laughs> your, your career is now taken off. So well, uh, this is what happens when you lose a bet and with cash. You <laughs> is know? that what happened? Yeah. Cash and I are friends. We were playing some golf. And uh, he said, whoever makes this putt, you know, if you miss it, you got to you know, go on TimCast. And so here I am. I'll take it. No. So, I'm uh, glad you, to be here. Thank you Do you, you want to give me. a brief introduction for yourself, your work? Hello. I'm Matt Whitaker. Uh, former acting attorney general of the United States. And as my friend Simon Conway on WHO in Des Moines, Iowa, which is what the radio station that Ronald Reagan was on in Des Moines, always says, uh, uh, former Hawkeye legend, because I played football at the University of Iowa, and all-around good guy. There you go. Right so, you played the guitar earlier too. You were jamming. Yeah, I'm not very good. I mean, I, I haven't. I have a guitar. I have guitars. It's really kind of sad. Um, and every uh, probably six months, I determine like this is going to be the time when I pick it back up and and get back into it. And then I realize like you know I'm it, it's, it's hard work adult. like yeah. anything else. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to hear about the uh, the inner workings in, in your work as acting attorney general. So mm-hmm. thanks for coming, man. This will be yeah. a blast. We've we've also got Mary Morgan. 
Happy to be back. I know you're all happy to see me. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Mary, from Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. I urge you to go subscribe. I'm here to dutifully shill for the show today. We talk about entertainment news, movies, celebrities. Go join us. Uh, hi, everyone. Ian Crossland here as well. Good to see you from iancrossland.net. Good to meet you, Matt. Good to meet I you. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm tremendously envious of your hair. Oh, thanks, <laughs> And man. I don't say that very often, but I mean, I, I if I had had hair like that or did have hair like that, I would be more likely uh, in a heavy metal band than a uh, former acting attorney talking. general. So life takes different turns mm-hmm. based on the skills and abilities you're given. Speak the truth, brother. <laughs> Let's get down to it. That's right. I'm delighted to have Matt this evening. Really excited to hear about what he went through in the White House. And I can't wait to get into it. Let's go. So here's the first story we got from Newsweek. Trump urges death penalty for drug dealers. Quote, China has no drug problem. Oh, my. They said Trump made the remarks in a speech he delivered in Vegas, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, Friday during a rally for his endorsed candidates in the state's gubernatorial and Senate races. The speech was marked by two recurring themes for Trump, a demand for law and order, as well as an admiration for heavy handed governance. He said, quote, if you look at countries all throughout the world, the only ones that don't have a drug problem are those that institute the death penalty for drug dealers. They're the only ones. You understand that China has no drug problem. During his speech, Trump recalled asking Chinese President Xi Jinping if his country had a drug problem. Quote, I innocently and perhaps naively asked if there was much of a drug problem in China. Why would you ask? He didn't say this, but I'm saying what he was thinking. Why would you have such a dumb question as that? No, no, no. We don't have a drug problem. Why would we have a drug problem? There is no problem. Drug dealers get the death penalty. Mm. The trial goes very quickly. So instead of coming to China, into China, they go someplace else. We've had big drug problems over the centuries, but we don't have a drug problem at all. Now they don't deal in China, the former president said. So, Matt, you were, you were actually there. I take so, it. so he said that he, he gave a similar remarks just today. Oh, okay. Um, at oh, the, so this is, I got the old version of the story. Actually. Yeah, I'm at sorry. America First Agenda Conference put on by America First Policy Institute, which I run and co-chair of their Center for Law and Justice. And, yes, I've, this is not he, – he said this actually while he was president as well. This is a theme uh, that I've heard from Donald Trump many times. And, you know, I think his, his sentiment is spot on. If you look at, uh, the opioid, uh, you know, fentanyl drug overdose crisis in our country, we're, we're losing over a hundred thousand people a year now in our country, uh, to overdoses. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, more people die of, uh, it's the number one killer, uh, from, for 18 to 45. Mm. But these are prescribed, aren't they? Not fentanyl. Not fentanyl. No, no. So the the prescription opioids are a much smaller segment now. What's what's actually happening is, um, you know, people are that you you've my understanding. And again, I'm I'm not a drug user, not a drug dealer, have n- never used an illegal drug. Um, and so uh, my understanding and talking to the experts and talking to people is is that it you build up a tolerance to opioids and fentanyl is an opioid, it's a synthetic opioid. And so if you don't um, if you don't either don't take it, it's laced in something else you take, or if you you know take too much of it, that it can just you know pretty much wipe you out. Now this is not the, you know we also thought about at the Department of Justice, you know we reinstituted the death penalty. Um, because it, it had been a moratorium since the Bush administration on the death penalty. And one of the things we thought about was using fentanyl as, as the lethal agent, um, oh, wow. in order wow. to demonstrate kind of the lethality. Is that a word? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure people watching are going to, you know, in, get in uh, and enter a comment to tell me if it is or isn't. But no, it is. only you can see that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the to, to demonstrate just how potent fentanyl can be. But uh, so what does it do? Like when you, when you overdose on fentanyl, you just kind of pass out? Is that what happens? Yeah, essentially, it it uh, my understanding is it takes your you know your vitals down to zero. I mean, you just kind of like it, you know, it depresses your you know your your your, pul- your heart and your lungs, and you stop breathing, and you you know essentially smother. sounds. I mean, in terms of the death penalty, that sounds humane at the very least. Mm. Yeah, and it's pretty much what we're doing with an, an, another cocktail of drugs. And we you know we um, I'll give you an example. I mean, I know you don't want to do a show about the death penalty, and so. Uh, I'm, I, I want to keep this. It should be lighter because I'm, I'm usually a fun person. But we're talking. About <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah, it's, dark. it's really dark. And I'm not a dark person. I'm an optimist. But you know, we um, in the state of Iowa, my my home state, um, I was the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of Iowa. There's a Northern District, which obviously, have, if you have a Southern District, that implies a Northern District. But in the Northern District of Iowa, we had had a drug dealer um, who executed uh, a, a family of five. And uh, including the mom, dad, and, and the kids, and so that he was sentenced rightfully to the death penalty, and then has been had been sitting um, in prison for over twenty years um, because there was this de facto moratorium. Even though Congress had said, and the president had signed a law saying there is a death penalty in in federal system for certain things, you know they weren't they weren't doing it, and you know the Biden administration is now not doing it either. But he, this gentleman from Iowa. Um, was, you know, put to death under the the federal system in the Trump administration. And it was, um, I knew a prosecutor who had done that case and had been around for 20 years waiting to see that. And he actually called me that day and, and, and thanked me and thanked the administration for, you know, finally giving that family that was still alive, you know, justice. But so, so going to Trump's comments and just to clarify, yeah, no so, problem. so the article I, I actually, the article that I had sourced, because we had a couple of them. And I made this mistake was that Trump said this more than once. He said it a yeah. couple of weeks ago and he said it again. We have, have the story here from three hours ago. Trump calls for quick death penalty for drug dealers. This one yeah. is actually the headline is more overt. And so uh, in his first speech back in Washington since he left the presidency, he called for a quick death. Yeah. I don't know. That feels a little heavy handed, right? A drug dealer. Like to, yeah. to what degree are we talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to try to morally um, justify uh, certain levels of drug dealing and compare and contrast that to others. Um, if you know anything about drug dealing, uh, it's always a pyramid scheme, right? You have the, the street level drug dealers, uh, that are, you know, usually the ones that are taken out. And then you have different levels. And oftentimes, in my experience, about two steps, two hops get you to a Mexican drug cartel. Um, and so, uh, if you're talking about kingpins, we already have kingpin statutes. Uh, they don't call for the death penalty. My understanding, and again, I don't, I'm not the Trump whisperer. I've spent a lot of time with him. I heard his remarks today. Uh, my belief is that he really wa- wants to target the head of the snake, the kingpins, uh, the ones that are getting rich and, uh, you know, kind of uh, the Pablo Escobar types, uh, not the street level hustler. Um, not that they're not any more less morally responsible for this scourge of, uh, you know, of illicit drugs in our system. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. 
Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You know, we need to have a bigger conversation also. Um, Congress has been completely uh, unavailable and uninvolved in, you know, the regulation of drugs. Um, you know, we, the states have taken it on uh, and, you know, mostly deregulated uh, marijuana, for example. I don't, you know... This is, again, this isn't the topic that we're talking about, but I, I have a lot of strong feelings on this. And, um, you know, I, the federal government is needs to do one of two things. Either join the states or most of the states and have Congress, you know, pass a law that, that reclassifies marijuana or start enforcing the law. What we can't have is these laws that aren't enforced. That, you know, because it's because, you know, what we need in the rule of law for it to work is certainty uh, for citizens. I think it should be uh, I think pot should be legal. But um, I think you get bigger challenges when you get into harder stuff. Fentanyl, especially as it's getting laced into all these drugs. And then, you know, to be honest, uh, I oppose the I oppose the death penalty because, you know, the the best example I can give to people is Kamala Harris deciding who gets to die doesn't sound good to me at all. I understand yeah. that there are really bad people like the guy you mentioned, yeah. right? And so, Tim, let's let's uh, let me just the way the death penalty works is the jury, the the peers, the twelve people that decide whether the person's guilty or not, decide the penalty phase and whether or not they have the death penalty. So, so to seek the death penalty, that's about the only thing that actually the Attorney General of the United States can do and only can do. Everything else has been can or has been delegated in the Department of Justice. But the but the one thing that the Attorney General has to do is determine whether or not to seek the death penalty. Um, you know, in these cases, and we did we spent a lot of time. I mean, you. I, I, that is the most, um, difficult decision, uh, that an attorney general, I think, has to make is whether or not to seek, um, the death penalty. And, you know, you get these recommendations from the U.S. Attorney's Office all over the country. Some are, you know, less, uh, likely to pursue the death penalty. Some are more likely to pursue the death penalty. But it's just the, the, the cases are just, the worst of the worst. I mean, you know, it's, 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 you're just like, oh my God. I mean, this can't, you know, this fact pattern is the worst I've ever seen. Then you read the next one. It's like, oh my goodness. And this, well, is, this, even, this, this is even more horrible. The challenge is, look, you know, you, you, you hear a story, you read the, the details about it, and you're like, this person, you know, can't yeah. be re- rehabilitated. They're, they're truly it's the a worst. violent sociopath. But mean. proven beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't know if I trust the state to get it right. Yeah. And then the issue is, you know, to quote Benjamin Franklin, it's better than 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Yeah. The idea to me that the state would say, look, we believe these facts to be true to the best of our abilities. And you might have uh, uh, good people who are like, this guy did brutal things to mm-hmm. a family and we, we, we can't have this remain. That I totally get. And, and saying, you know, so we are going to, this person has forfeit their life by taking the lives of others. Mm-hmm. The issue, I guess, is just that, there's a percentage of people who are innocent yeah. who are going to be killed by the state. And I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to have the answers, but I can just tell yeah. you I just don't like the idea. Yeah. I mean, obviously, 
the system has built in tremendous safeguards, uh, at least in the federal system. Like, you know, there's some states and throughout American history, I think, you know, that the safeguards weren't there. But as you know, and, and I'm talking about, you know, my experience is in federal court and, and in federal law and in the, you know, as it relates to the death penalty, the federal death penalty. And there are, um, there are a lot of safeguards built in, but you know, I, I do share that, that it would, you know, obviously we'd rather, uh, you know, have a hundred people have life in prison than have one, you know, person get the death penalty that, and, and have be executed that, you know, was innocent. Yeah. Let me, let me, so, let me, you know, it's, it's well, a tough is, area, but I know this, we're not, you know, yes, Mary. Is the purpose of the death penalty then to seek retribution for victims and enact justice, or is it simply by necessity to remove this person from society and any chance that they could escape yeah. prison? Because at this point, we're releasing so many criminals. I'm not sure where I stand on it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons we have, uh, you know, criminal prosecution and criminal punishment. You know, retribution is one reason. Punishment is another reason. Uh, you know, excluding the, the death penalty, rehabilitation um, is another reason that, you know, we have uh, criminal penalties. You know, so I've spent, I'm not in the legislature. I was never in the legislature. Um, and so, you know, my kind of, I haven't done the balancing test on, on, on this as to, you know, sort of where, but Congress has passed a law that says there is a certain category of crimes that is, that is eligible for the death penalty. And here's the process. And so, um, you know, as a, as a prosecutor and as a, the former, you know, acting attorney general, we, we executed the laws. Uh, I didn't have, I didn't have to decide and I, I don't think it's appropriate actually. And that's why these moratoriums, I think take, you know, the, the people through their representatives have passed this law. You, your representatives, the people you voted for have passed this law or have not repealed it, more importantly. And so, you know, let's put that on the ballot. Let's make that an issue. Let's let the, you know, if the people don't want the death penalty anymore, Tim, to your point is let, you know, let's, let's vote for it. That's what I, I never understand. And this is what the left loves to do is they love to have the executive branch under their, under their, you know, leaders like Joe Biden. Um, you know, decide that certain things aren't, you know, morally reprehensible, but they'll never take the vote because you know that mostly the American people are on it, are in a different place on it. Republicans don't seem to do anything about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 2016 through 18 and they just let Russiagate happen. They did. Um, you know, I was, I, I got there in October of 2017 and, uh, you know, not a day went by that somehow the Russian collusion fable didn't affect you know, the Department of Justice, because it was, if you remember, I, I, people, you want to forget because it was such a, a negative, uh, you know, just BS. I know I can't say what I want to say, but it was such, because ultimately every night it was just some new revelation. Some leaker had said, you know, some FBI agent or sources or, you know, it was just, it was just this constant drumbeat of stories that in retrospect were all fake news. Yep. And so you can totally, when, you know, Donald Trump says, you know, and points to the back of the room and says, you guys are fake news. I mean, they are. They let, are. Let me, let me pull up this story we got from the Washington Post. This is uh, relatively nebulous, I suppose. Justice Department investigating Trump's actions in January 6th criminal probe. People familiar with the probe said investigators are examining the former president's conversations and seized phone records of top aides. What they don't say is, is Trump the target of this criminal probe? No, the Washington Post just says Trump's actions. It doesn't even say they're investigating Trump himself. 
They may be passively referring to, well, Trump said this one thing. What does that have to do with it? And I guarantee you right now there's a panel on MSNBC wringing their hands and John Dean's on there talking about, you know, sort of his experience with Nixon. It's just, it's just a, you know, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a trail of, of morons, quite frankly, that, that then will jump on a story like that and, and immediately wildly speculate, not only as to that Trump is the target, they'll say, not knowing, and then, they will usually uh, immediately convict him and, you know, suggest, you know, again, say the worst possible things about him. It's It's got to be infuriating. Well, so this this is this is never ending. I mean, Russiagate was a farce. It was a hoax. How come none of these people are being held to account? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, high ranking individuals signing off on this stuff. You look, you're you know, you were uh, I think you were in for about how long were you in for about a year as, as acting AG? Uh, four months. Four months. Yeah. Much less. I spanned to uh, 2018 and 2019. So, oh, okay. Yeah, looks better on my resume. Right, that must be what I saw. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm wondering in your in, in your experience, then I mean, you're you're there at as AG. Why yeah. isn't why isn't why hasn't anyone done anything about this? I mean, do you think if if Trump wins in 2024, maybe there will be some accountability for for the lies? Yeah. I mean, I hope when you had Cash on here, he talked about his his Durham watch and you know sort of what. John Durham is or isn't doing. Uh, you saw how difficult the Michael Sussman prosecution where, I mean, it was very clear that that, that he had lied to the FBI and, and a jury in the District of Columbia is never going to convict, you know, right. uh, somebody in that situation. Well, uh, so, I mean, that goes back to my death penalty comments. Yeah. Right. You get, you get someone who's a Trump supporter suspected of a very serious heinous crime. You put him in DC, they're going to be a like, kill him. Yeah. That's horrifying, uh, and it, and that's that two tier system of justice is something that I'm I'm talking about a lot right now. We have um, there's no doubt that the left uh, it gets away. You know, you think about the riots in 2020 and compare that to January 6th. Um, you know, you, you, I'm sure that um, you know some smart lawyer could could parse the difference, but but it's really not. It's it's political violence. Yep. Um, you know, if if those people outside the White House that burned you know the church. Uh, right across the street from the White House. If they had, you know, they were trying to get into the White House. You know, they had to build dramatic, you know, sort of night after night, they kept trying to push the perimeter out, first of all, and build higher fences to keep those folks. I mean, there were, there were police officers were assaulted. Uh, you know, there was no doubt about that during those riots. And so, so, and no, I don't, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement here, but, but certainly those folks that participated in that over the course of the summer, in Washington D.C. and looted Georgetown and and just you know you know did all sorts of of things. Nobody was prosecuted to the extent that the people that participated in January 6th. And I'm saying both those should be treated the same. Yeah. Like political violence is never acceptable, but in this case, the American people see the different treatment of those folks. I I've talked to people; they have no idea what 529 is. I mean, we, we I talk to people all the time, and I say, you know, what are your thoughts on when they try, when the, the five twenty nine you know riots when they set fire to a guard post when they torched the church and tore the barricades mm-hmm. down? The president was forced in a bunker. They go, I didn't know that happened yeah. because the media, you know, it happened. Well, there's the five twenty nine commission. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. no, no, no. But and, and and that's my point. Before the show, you mentioned that at some point it's just not worth it to get paid one hundred seventy thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. to have your life destroyed by the establishment, by the Uniparty, by no. the Democrats. And so I wonder if that's the reason why you don't get a 529 commission, why Republicans seem to do very little, if anything at all. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in 
the f- next year, um, I expect that there will be a lot more. I mean, I think the, the right is learning that we can't sit by and play, you know, patty cake while the left tries to destroy literally, uh, our entire society and people, you know, everybody's reputation. I mean, I think there is just a finally, final realization that we can't not fight. Uh, you know, we'd prefer to actually, um, you know, have a civil dialogue and have a discussion and, and to have the marketplace of ideas that's supposed to work and convince people to you vote for us and vote against them. But, but I think there is a realization now that the left is just in it to win, to, it. To win it and I mean, not only to win it, but, but, but like destroy everything in their path for, for po- the sake of power. But there's, there's, see, you know, when, uh, you're, you're acting AG, I mean, they, they came after you pretty hard, I'd imagine, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Republicans was, don't do that to Democrats. They're, 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 look at Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, the psychotic behavior. They accused the man of lining up at frat parties to gang assault women yeah. in these ridiculous well, stories. Well, wasn't he in some no pirate sense. ship going up and down the coast? Wasn't there some story about that? Yep, yep. I mean, it was just, it was like nonsense. Someone literally fabricated a story about him on some boat doing something to a woman. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, we made the whole thing up. Where are the Republicans accusing Democrats of doing anything? They don't. And yeah. then when you, when, when you get people like James Lindsay, for instance, and he starts uh, referring to uh, people targeting children as groomers, Twitter bans the word. And big tech comes in immediate defense of the left. So there's mm-hmm. no collateral damage for the Democrats and the left to engage in this behavior. The right does not do anything to combat it. And so you look at the Republican Party, I mean, half the time they're in agreements. Or, or, or look at this. We just had how many Republicans come out supporting gun control, yeah. which is wildly unpopular among the Republican voter base. They don't care. You know, I look at people like uh, Shelley, Shelley Moore Capito in West Virginia. She's not up for re-election for another like five years. So, so what does she care? She's probably laughing all the way to the bank as she torches her constituents. This is what yeah. we keep getting. So, I mean, man, is it brutal to watch. Yeah. Now, now you have the January 6th committee on TV. They're calling it a TV show, the season finale. They're lying about basically everything. And people are, are wrapped up in this cult. They believe this yeah. stuff. And, you know, uh, there's so much we can talk about on the, uh, that committee or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's a one sided show trial like you would see in a, uh, a, a dictatorship. And the, and, you know, they're, did we get outplayed in sort of the strat, you know, the, the chess match of who should have been on the committee? And, you know, if they wouldn't put Jim Jordan, should we at least had some non anti Trumpers on this to at least, you know, bring a different, you know, narrative or a different, you know, thrust of the questioning? Um, right now it, it is, um, it's the only thing the left has. And that's, that's what's just fascinating to me. I mean, if you look at, uh, what the two things that the left has is they have, uh, the Dobbs opinion, uh, and, 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 you know, essentially claiming, uh, making falsehoods about what actually Dobbs is and stands for, which is the overturning of Roe v. Wade and returning the issue to the people and to the states. Um, but then their other issue is January 6th and, and, yeah. you know, and, and some false narrative about, um, this, you know, mass conspiracy. I, I don't even, I don't know what they're trying. I mean, they're just trying to destroy people and, and, and leave they, just a mass chaos in its way. They use this manipulative technique where you, when, when something happens, we don't know at the time of a circumstance what is happening. So, uh, mm-hmm. 9-11, for example, there's a lot of people who like to look at footage from 9-11 and then claim it's proof of a conspiracy. And it's like, hold on. The reason you get conflicting reports 
in, in some of these circumstances because at the time everyone was confused as to what was really going on. A guy who was on the north, who was in the financial district didn't know exactly what was happening on the Upper West Side. And so people were getting conflicting information across the board and thus news reports come out and they conflict. Now, whatever you want to believe on that stuff, I'm not getting into the nitty gritty. My point is on January 6th, the people who were let into the building, many of them had no idea. I'd say most of them probably had no idea there was fighting happening on the other side. Cops opened up the barricades, fanned them in, doors were opened, cops fanned them in. One guy was acquitted of all charges because of that. That guy did not know that on the other side of the building, couldn't yeah. see it, people were beating cops and fighting and throwing things. So what happens is, hindsight, the Democrats look at the most egregious moments, show everyone that footage, and then say, everybody in that building, that's them right there. And people go, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know that they're also doing, in addition to those 800 and some people that have been charged uh, with, with you know, uh, all sorts of various crimes, including illegal entering of a secure facility, they then say all 1.5 million people that were in Washington, D.C. that day are insurrectionists. I mean, you know, people that weren't even close to the Capitol are, you know, are, are suddenly swept in. And then they take the next logical step, which is all of you Trump supporters are, are the equivalent of the people that were, you know, assaulting police officers. And that's just, right. we know that's not true. But, you know, again, there's nobody... Uh, on this committee to to give a counter narrative or to explain exactly what you just said, which is it, it all depends on what part of the elephant you're 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 examining. Yeah, I think the fair point is to be a little bit optimistic is that uh, the only thing they have is January six, and Americans don't care about it at all. Yeah, I mean, you look at gas prices, inflation. People care much much more about that, and the news coming out of there is Joe Biden's going to be selling off twenty million more barrels of our strategic petroleum reserve. Gutting the system. I think he's doing it, to be honest, because um, he wants to f- set, he wants Europe to be able to buy oil from us because Russia's cutting them off. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. fuel, I should say. Russia's cutting off their gas. Yeah. But if the left was, you know, really believed that they needed to help Europe, uh, Joe Biden on day one would have said to Merkel, Angela Merkel at the time, you need to keep building those liquid natural gas terminals. Uh, and really, Did they those, shut down their nuclear power? Yeah. They, they've, they've done everything to increase their dependency on Russia and uh, the fact that they didn't see this coming, um, you know, is is naive at the worst and intentional, you know, really as, as the truth. It, it sounds intentional. I think it, it, I, it sure looks like it. I can't. This is one of those things that, you know, I, I, I so my experience as being a federal prosecutor, uh, you know, sort of being a, you know, a, someone that's run for public office twice in Iowa. And so, you know, my. Um, you know, it's just in Israel, but you know, sort of the, the geo, the real politic of some of these global issues. Um, you know, I, I apply reason and common sense and they just, it doesn't add up. You know, what Germany did over the last decade to end up in this situation with Russia, I don't understand, but maybe they just, well, maybe they just never didn't believe that Russia was and Putin was as evil as he is. We had Zuby on the other day. He said he thinks it's a controlled demolition that he sees what's happening. Yeah. It's intentional. And I said, you know, I'll give you an example. They say there's going to be a food shortage because of the war with Russia. Ukraine and Russia aren't exporting wheat anymore. Russia is not exporting fertilizer. Then the government of the Netherlands tells their farmers to stop farming. The UK and Ireland tell their farmers to stop farming. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It, not at all. I wonder if the real reason they're telling the farmers not to farm is because they want to reserve fuel for the war effort or in preparation for something like that. Hmm. We got a lot of we got a people. People eat a lot of food. We got a major abundance of food. So maybe the thinking is, 
tell the farmers, oh, it's climate change, you got to stop. And then what that does is reduces the amount of consumption uh, of fossil fuels of oil they use. We could divert that into other areas. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'll tell you this, it's all intentional. Get, it's, that, yeah. that, that to me is an objective fact. You can't tell people the food shortage is coming, we're all going to starve to death. Hey, stop farming. Yeah. So you remember, um, oh, I don't know, when, 20 years ago when there was no iPhone, 20 years ago where you could. 2007, 15. Yeah. I mean, so, so. I mean, maybe ten years ago. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not a technologist, but so I have an iPhone. Two thousand five, six is when there was no. Okay, that's right when it was introduced. Okay, so less than twenty years ago. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And um, this is the this is the, what surprises me about human beings. We're so innovative. We're always trying to 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 solve problems and to make you know life easier and to and to do all these things. And yet, you know, in, in iPhone, less than 20 years ago, we didn't have iPhones. Um, and think about what you can do with an iPhone. I mean, it's just extraordinary, even though, you know, it tracks you and does everything, you know, all these insidious things too. But somehow energy is different than an iPhone that we won't evolve, that we won't, you know, there won't be new technologies. There won't be better ways to, you know, sort of, you know, drive tractors and push cars around and all the, all the things we use fossil fuels for. I just, I just, I, I am, I believe in American innovation and, 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 and especially Americans, but human innovation. And I think the human, I think humans are not given enough credit to solve some of these problems. Um, you know, whether you believe in climate change Absolutely. or not, um, you, you still, you know, should be, you know, we clean energy makes some sense just as if you want cleaner cleaner air and clean water it's as clean as it's been in a long time ben shapiro makes this point he says all of these charts talking about the future due to climate change don't take into account mitigation efforts yeah or Or, innovation or or, or innovation yeah the the changes that come like the famous story of uh they said at the turn of the century 1900s new york was going to be covered in mounds of horse crap Yep. Because there's too many horses, too many people. What are we yeah. going to do? And the car gets invented. Now there's no horse. Yeah, I think if you're the guy that had the buggy whip factory. I mean, your life was good until all of a sudden it wasn't. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I look at some of these. And that's why we need to make sure that we're not. I mean, we're always fighting the last war. We're always, you know, trying to win the last election. Um, and I think on some of this, we're, we're, not, we're not really believing in, in the ability of human beings to solve these problems. Oh, I, agree. Uh, I mean, because if we figure out a way or if someone figures out a way to, for example, uh, you know, burn hydrogen uh, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the output of that is is um, water. I mean, you know, that's I mean, those technologies are, are well, coming I mean, on and cars already produce yeah. water. Yeah. And so, exhaust. Right. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I really think, uh, you know, I look at the iPhone and what the revolution of technology in my life. I mean, I'm sure. 
I think nobody here except me probably had an answering machine. Oh, I, have oh, one. I had one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we maybe, all had answering machines. You know, but the, yeah, but we're it old was, enough. Marry, marry now. Mm-mm. But yeah, we, yeah. So, I mean, I remember in college, <laughs> you know, you didn't like your your home phone rang and you got home and you were excited because it said two or it was blinking and you pushed it and you listened to the calls that had came in since you had left. I mean, it was just it was just it. And now, I mean, you can't like twenty four seven. Oh, call it never in, ends. You There's know, this yeah. incredible. I want to I want to ask you about uh, your time as AG, though. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Just wondering, I diver- <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, when you were there, I mean, I know you weren't there for a long time. Did you see anything? I mean, obviously, RussiaGate was bunk. Didn't you have the ability to look into it, to investigate, dig into? Who yeah. Was- so, so I supervised the Mueller investigation, and I'll never forget. And I've talked about this before. Uh, in fact, I wrote a book, Above the Law. If anybody wants to, it's available on Amazon. Um, and what I talk about, uh, I don't think I mentioned a lot in this book, but but I, I know I, I remember this like it was yesterday because it was so impactful. Is um, you know there was a there was a lot of controversy when I got appointed. Uh, I had been on CNN as a commentator before I came to the Department of Justice, and for like four months they hired me to you know sort of be the conservative commentator and. You know, one of the things I had said, which was very true, which is I could imagine that uh, the President Trump would appoint somebody new that would come in and, and, and had control of the budget of Mueller and would reduce the budget, thereby limiting, you know, his ability and his scope and, and all that. And, you know, and I'd said that just as a commentator, no plan to do it. But then, you know, sort of everybody lost their mind when I got, you know, became the supervisor of. The Mueller investigation. It was like I almost looked prophetic, like I had planned this. I, mean, I was just <laughs> literally just, you know. But is that what you did? You reduced the budget or what? No, I didn't do anything. But the, but I had to go through a, a ethics review, um, you know, with with the most senior career DOJ official, who actually it was because of the way it's written. It was my decision on whether I just, you know, I could consult him but it was my decision ultimately and he i didn't ask him to write a recommendation of course he wrote a recommendation which says you know i should have recused because of these these things i said on cnn and i was just like this is nonsense i you know i've i was a u.s attorney for five and a half years i know what it's like to be independent and look at facts and apply the law and make decisions and you know kind of my my commentary as a paid cnn analyst is not going to affect how I do this job. And, you know, it's just, it wasn't even apples for apples. But anyway, so, you know, fast forward, I, I clear that hurdle and I get read into the Mueller investigation. And, you know, the first thing they say is, you know what, Matt, we have, uh, they have not found any evidence of any connection. There's no evidence of any connection between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. And I thought to myself, well, why do we have this investigation? And so then I, then I, the, the, you know, there were several other pieces and parts. And, you know, one of the things I got read into, for example, was the, um, Roger Stone investigation. You know, there were several other components of this investigation that, that I was also read into and, you know, given a status update on. But, you know, at that point in time, you have a decision to make. And, you know, I mean, it, life is all about, you know, sort of, replaying did you make the right decision did they make the right decision but the decision ultimately and if you think about how the regulations played out uh, if i wanted to fire bob Mueller or end his investigation um he ha- they had to be for cause and so that was a that was a big hurdle and you also think about um you know doing justice is it better for donald trump to have a full report from Mueller saying there was no connection 
or have Matt Whitaker, acting attorney general, shut it down because there's no Pointed connection. Pointed by Trump. Yeah. I mean, and so you, you, it just, it, it, you know, I, the two things, you know, that, that in retrospect, I, I now believe is that, you know, sort of the, the Mueller investigation was a total hit job by anti-Trumpers. It's, I mean, it is literally the January 6th committee, but inside the Department of Justice. Well, what about uh, Ukraine as well? Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the, the train got rolling before they realized what the evidence was. And then they kind of were, you know, I mean, this Nancy but, but, Pelosi hates Donald Trump and she had the power to get enough votes to file articles of impeachment and prove them out of the house. Full stop. I mean, that, that's why it happened. And I'm sure if Nancy was here and was honest, um, and not dealing with her husband's, you know, legal issues, um, I think she would say, I cannot believe you know, how tough Donald Trump is, how, you know, how hard, how hard he fought, how, how good his defense was and how, you know, he kept the Republican party, you know, solid and, you know, supporting him through those, you know, those impeachment trials. Half the Republican party, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you lost. I think they feigned support. I think a lot of these guys, they feign support. I mean, all right, name names of like who feigned support, Lindsey Graham. He comes They're, out like he, he comes out on TV to talk about how he's all in favor of Trump. But come on, you see him go you know, walk, walking down on the floor and he gives Kamala Harris a fist bump. He's not he's not really behind the president. You look at you, you have uh, in 2016 to 2018, the Republicans, the Republican Party entertained and allowed the, the Russiagate nonsense to persist. Yeah, they, they could. I mean, you, you make a good point. Although, I mean, I think, you know, I think Cash and Devin, I think we're, you know, we're trying to get to the bottom of it. I mean, it was I just a lot. Agree. There was the. the I think the thing that we all forget was just how much smoke created by the FBI and by, you know, sort of the left and the Clinton campaign, how much smoke there was that you had to, you couldn't see through it because you just, every time you'd, you'd like run into something, you'd be like, oh, that's, I mean, maybe, I, you know, I thought this was, you just, it was, it was a shiny object in smoke and you just, it was very hard to get to the bottom. And, and you know, there were a lot of people that didn't want to get to the bottom of it. Because they wanted that smoke there. They wanted to hamstring Donald Trump. And the question, you know, that I come back to, Tim, and I'm sorry, I know this is your show, so I don't want to dominate the time, but I... what you here for, man. What, what is so dangerous about Donald Trump? Why do people want to take him down so enthusiastically? <laughs> well, I got some ideas. It could be that uh, back in 2009, it was, or I should say in 2012, it was reported that in 2009... The CIA had reported they wanted to overthrow the uh, Bashar al-Assad, the Assad family in Syria, because they were trying to build an oil pipeline, the Qatar-Turkey pipeline, up into Europe to offset the Russian Gazprom monopoly. And uh, Syria explicitly told the United States, we're going to support our ally Russia, not allow you to build this. In fact, we're going to get Iran to tap the same gas field, send it up through Iraq, so we could basically steal the oil, and then we can control oil prices into Europe, screwing with your allies. And so then, conveniently for the U.S., there was a civil war in Syria. The Arab Spring occurs. And uh, we'll just throw it to—we'll we'll, fast-forward a little bit to Ukraine, in which mm-hmm. Gazprom controls a large portion, the largest, I believe, of, of natural gas flowing into Europe through there. Now that the Nord Stream pipeline is mm-hmm. coming from Russia. And uh, all of a sudden, you get this conflict in the Euromaidan movement where Ukraine wants either join the, join NATO, join the EU, join NATO, join the West, or side with Russia and their trade federation. And that's all happening. Then Donald Trump comes in and he says, we're getting our troops out of the Middle East. Well, that's bad news if you dedicated 10, 15, 20 years to building this pipeline and getting oil to your allies in Europe. But what does Donald Trump? He gets elected. What does he do? He gets elected. And sure enough, 
The conflict in Ukraine dies down, simmers down. ISIS is getting crushed. Abraham Accords. Well, that's big bad news. If you need the conflict to justify destroying the country of Syria to build an oil pipeline, our gas pipeline, the Qatar Turkey pipeline. And now Joe Biden gets elected and it's right back on track exactly where we thought we'd be. Ukraine war lights back up. We got Gazprom back in the news, Germany feuding with Russia. And you have Donald Trump who was telling them the entire time to become independent, stop relying on Russia. Now that's probably surface level scratching why they may be mad. It's very foreign policy heavy. You could also look at domestic policy, Donald Trump banning critical race theory contracting. Companies that engage in critical race theory trainings couldn't contract to the United States. All of these things just fly in the face of their agenda. And then you have the personal. Oh boy, was Hillary Clinton mad. It was her turn. So a lot of reasons why they really, yeah. really hate Donald Trump. Yeah, but boy, I mean, I just, we, I've never seen, I mean, we've, we've, in our history, we've never seen a president this persecuted. Um, Kennedy. <clears throat> Although he wasn't persecuted in public. Yeah. They just decided behind the scenes, I believe, that it was time. I mean, I think that they whacked the guy. I don't know for sure, but I mean, it's just so much evidence yeah. that it was coordinated. By the mob, by whoever. Yeah. I don't know. I know that um, Pew Research showed that the tr- uh, Trump's press coverage was 5% positive. Five. Yeah, I believe Obama's that. was 40, 42, I believe. So here's Obama. The first thing he does to get in office is he orders a drone strike blowing up a, a village of women and children. He, he commits extrajudicial assassinations on American citizens, but the media can't stop, let's just say, patting him on the back. For a family-friendly uh, way to describe it. <laughs> Plus, we're in the Donald age. Trump comes in, and uh, the one thing—the one thing they give him is when he fires missiles in Syria. They're like, "This is it," and I'm like, "There it is." When he fi- when he fires missiles on an airport in Syria, all of a sudden the media is like, "Donald Trump's presidential moment." Oh yeah, starting wars—that's what they love about him. But uh, when the economy is booming. What do they do? They lie, cheat, and they smear. Every single thing the guy does, it never ends. Yeah, we never were in the age of like social media manipulation like we are now. Yeah. So if, if Trump had exist, been president 30 years ago or someone like it, maybe there have been newspaper articles. But it would have been all a lot of it behind the scenes because that's all they had. Now it's social media. It's slander on yeah. the news and all that crap. So we're seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, the fact that he fights through it all and is you know not only as popular as he is, um, well, that's why. But just like he's, he is never tired. I mean, it's like he eats it like a candy bar. Uh, it, it's really, it's, it's extraordinary. Um, just never seen a force like this in my life. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm around him a lot and get to spend a lot of time with him. And, and I'm, I, I sometimes am surprised and just that, you know, a kid from Ankeny, Iowa, uh, gets these opportunities. But I also know that he's just like an, he's a no BS kind of guy. Yep. He doesn't worry, you know, doesn't worry that you didn't go to Yale or you didn't go to Harvard or, you know, sort of doesn't. Another reason it, they don't like, like him. Can you, are you effective? Can you get the job done? Do you speak clearly and, you know, make commitments and live up to those commitments? It's those, you know, it's just a basic, you know, kind of what you'd expect out of a guy that's, uh, you know, sort of built buildings. I look at everything that's, that's happened over the past several years and what's happening now with the January 6th committee, and there is a malignancy in this country that is gutting it from the inside. Donald Trump, what did, what did he do? He brought auto industry back to Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, an investment of, I think, around $3 billion. He, he cuts out the TPP. He starts bringing manufacturing back to the United States. The best numbers of our lives, Jim Cramer says. Foreign policy, Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East starting to take form. He's meeting with North Korea, walking into the DMC with no security. You take a look at the stuff that Donald Trump did, and it's like, wow. One of the greatest presidents I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm reluctant a little bit to say the greatest president, uh, one of the greatest presidents. I've said that before. But I'm like, okay, I I get it. I wasn't alive for a bunch of the other presidents. But in my lifetime, the foreign policy actions— 
Not perfect, but really good. No new wars, getting our troops out of the Middle East, trying to make peace with North Korea, shoring up our borders, getting rid of the TPP, bringing manufacturing back. I'm just like, wow, all that stuff was really good for us. And then you take a look at the Democrats and everything they're doing now, and it is gutting and ripping this country apart. And it's because of people like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who we know, is enriching herself off of her position that somehow she just makes these excellent, excellent stock decisions that everybody. She's a heck of a stock picker. Oh yeah, yeah. And then people make a social media account tracking her stock decisions. It gets, it gets banned. Yep. You know, you look at the level of corruption, the lies, the cheating, the stealing, and it just makes me sick. And the worst thing about it is, where is anyone to do anything about it? Yeah, and Tim, you might be onto something here because I was just, as you were talking about all that, it struck me recently that, um, Donald Trump, like you said, had kind of brought peace to the Middle East and was disengaging the U.S. from the need for Middle Eastern energy. And what is Joe Biden doing? He's going right back there. Exactly. And reengaging in the Middle East, uh, with the Saudis and, you know, uh, you know, he obviously went to Israel. I mean, I, I don't know. When I was there last week, um, they were talking about, uh, how I guess he drove into the West Bank. Or Gaza, I, one of, he went into one of the occupied territories. I I hate using their terminology. Oh, Biden did. Yeah, Biden did, and he took off the Israeli flag because he was flying an American flag and wow. Israeli flag. But they took off the Israeli flag before he entered um, the. I, I mean, I, I, what do you I, call that? Like the the part of Israel that is Palestine. Is, is, yeah, I don't know. It's not Palestine. It's, it's, I don't know who you ask. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it really. It's that area is so interesting to me, and having been there now and seen it with my own eyes, that is a fascinating uh you know history and it's a current like real politic issue um it's just so i think gaza you're talking you, about gaza the west yeah west well bank. so i guess we can call them gaza and the west bank i don't want to call them occupied territories because they're not occupied they're part of israel um but I anyway think, I, think I, you take I digress a look, you take a look at what big tech is doing you take a look at how democrats actively support a lot of what they're doing you take a look at the cult ideology gender ideology critical race theory etc and these things just serve to erode and destroy the United States. Mm-hmm. You don't see these things in China. You don't see these things in, in India. You don't see them in, in – as you see them somewhat in Europe. But in the United States, it is profound. Bill Maher brought it up. I mean, you look at the stuff with what that's happening with uh, kids getting uh, sex change operations. This is happening predominantly in, in hyper-liberal areas and mm-hmm. not in conservative areas. But it's not happening in other countries. You take a look at TikTok, for instance. The things on TikTok, the overt wokeness allowed. We got banned from TikTok. We really don't know why. It may have been because we had Alex Jones on the show. In China, they don't allow the woke stuff because they know it's it will it will erode the base of your country. But in the United States, that's that is the law. That is what yeah. you have to abide by in social media. It's almost the more destructive the technology is for society, the more it is in, you know encouraged to be used and and uh, and prolific. It's it's really extraordinary. Um, you know, big tech is I think going to get its reckoning here in the next uh you know year to three. Um they've well, been given tremendous powers and they have not they've abused those powers. We rag on Republicans quite a bit because they don't do a whole lot, but yeah. I will say from sixteen twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen, you know, maybe they just didn't realize the extent to which things were occurring when they were occurring the way they were. Then they lost in twenty eighteen to the Democrats and they gained back some seats in twenty twenty, but not enough for the majority. Maybe come November, we're uh, three, three and a half months away about. Maybe then the Republicans will get the House and the Senate. Maybe we'll start to see some subpoenas. I want to see this. I want to see Joe Biden impeached for the Ukraine scandal. Joe Biden engaged in an overt quid pro quo 
it's it's remarkable, remarkable that Don, that 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 Donald Trump could discover this seemingly bumbling upon it. And when he asks the Ukrainian president, you, you look into what that was about. Mm-hmm. They impeach him for it mm-hmm. because they knew Joe Biden was their guy. A made man would get away with with the, the crimes he committed going to Ukraine and saying, I am going to deny a billion dollar loan guarantee illegally, even though Congress approved it, because I can do whatever I want unless you fire the prosecutor. By the way, the prosecutor happened to, to happened to be investigating a company called Burisma where his son worked. But that's besides the point, according to the media. His son was on the board of Burisma. At the time. Yeah, eighty three thousand dollars a month. And Victor Shokin was investigating that. And Joe Biden uh, went to the president, and said, fire him. Or you're not getting the billion dollars. And the president said, you can't do that. And Joe Biden said, call the president, see what he says. Well, SOB, guy gets fired. That guy needs to be impeached over that. We need a congressional investigation. We need a select committee. We need an investigation on the 529 insurrection when they threw a fight, when they set fire to the St. John's Church and the guard post, forced the president into a, into a bunker. I expect to see subpoenas of all of the Biden administration officials. I expect to see subpoenas, contempt of Congress, everything they can do if they win. And you know, that's what worries me. Because well, it sounds what? too Hold good on. to be I true. Mean, but but do you think Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice is going to receive those referrals? Of course not. Of uh, course as not. enthusiastically as he did the one with you know for Bannon and Navarro and and of course uh, he won't. I mean the embarrassment that I they just, did I, to Peter Navarro. I I still this you know I was I was. The swearing thing is really. <laughs> Sorry, I was Family upset. I, I feel like I was very, Sorry. very upset. Um, that the way that the the way Roger Stone was taken down, I thought oh, that yeah. was ridiculous. CNN in fact, getting tipped in off. In fact, you know, I was the acting attorney general at the time, and I let you know Chris Ray know, um, you know, uh, that 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 was not acceptable. That that was. That was clearly intentional middle finger. CNN was topped, tipped off, but you don't need to go. I mean, I understand officer safety, but we're talking, Roger Stone is. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But not, you have done anything about yeah. it? Uh, well, what? I mean, well, you know, you can you can get the explanation. Yeah. Um, But, you know, sort of op- operationally, I don't think we want attorney generals, attorneys general involved in how to arrest someone they're going to arrest or how you're going to execute a search warrant. I mean, that's, you know, that's you leave that to the you people see, that the, are doing the, the job. But and, this is the issue. But you, the Democrats get in and think the exact opposite of the way you think. They yeah, say, light them up, burn them down. Right. I know. And, and, and you see that example in Navarro being pulled off a plane. Uh, if you, shackled. you know, if you believe mm-hmm. Peter, yeah, he was, you know, his feet were, his legs were shackled. I mean, this is nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. I mean, he should have been given a notice to appear. 
Right. Uh, it's a misdemeanor, remember. Contempt of Congress is a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. So Bannon was convicted of a misdemeanor. Right. Navarro was charged with a misdemeanor. We've never, I mean, that's the same. I, and, I, and again, I, I, I'm just telling you, that's the same as like if you get a ticket uh, in a, a, a national park. I mean, it's like it's the same docket that you see in that case. And it's what, what is it, two month minimum uh, in sentencing guidelines up to two years? It's up to one year. Misdemeanor one year, one year? under a year. Yeah. Is that, oh, right, right, right. It's two because he's charged yeah. with two counts, right. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that is like on par with like um, what driving on a suspended license. Yeah, I mean it's federal, so it's a little different. Uh, you can't really the the state, you know, state each state has a yeah. different thing. I mean, I know, you know, my experience in Iowa, having you know defended, I mean, you would do, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to court on a misdemeanor. You wouldn't have a trial on a misdemeanor typically. I mean, that's that's why the case, that's why the case was so fast. Right. And Bannon's, I mean, it's like you know, it's just a there were two witnesses and. It's just, he didn't it's a call pers- any. yeah. I mean, he didn't call any, and the jury was out for three hours, and but of course waited for their free lunch. Um, <laughs> how how long do you think they're going to sentence him? Did they sentence him yet? I, I, I thirty days or less. I'm guessing uh, he yeah. might he might just get the you know. I mean, he could get Slap probation. Yeah, I, I, it is. Um, this is going to be. I, I hope this isn't controversial, but you know, Congress has a jail in the Capitol, and they're start if they really wanted to enforce their subpoenas. They would send their sergeant arms to go get these people and put them in Congress jail and really? actually, you know, exert some like, you know, some instead of offloading it to the Department of Justice I, uh, and making it, you know, again, making it appear to be something much larger than it actually is. I want to see Republicans win in November in uh, the House and the Senate, but I don't want to see your typical Republicans win. I want to see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene win. You know, she's she's considered controversial. The media smears her left and right. She's got certainly views that I don't agree with. I don't care. She's fearless and she's she's fighting against this stuff. She's going to Congress and forcing these people to do their jobs, much like Trump was. That's why people like Trump. That's why why people like Marjorie. That's why people like Thomas Massey or Rand Paul. But they also like people that fight, mm-hmm. and right. Right. they they want people that stand up to the just the BS of Washington D.C. that don't like want to get invited to the you know, white wine cocktail parties where everybody stands around with a drink and chortles about conservatives. And, you know, they want people that sort of actually are unwilling to play the game that are going to go to Washington, D.C. and they're going to fight for what they, you know, yeah, that they fight for what they got elected on. And, I mean, you see, you have to be in tremendous uh, self-confidence to survive that. I'll I'll tell you, uh, I'll give you a good example of, I I think, the the issue, the left and the right, uh, of the left and the right, there was a, a, a guy who worked at Taco Bell, and he had a mask on that said Black Lives Matter. And his bosses went to him and said, you can't wear that political stuff while you're working mm-hmm. here. And he says, I'm not taking it off. And they said, if you don't take that mask off, we're going to tell you to leave. You can't work while you have it on. He says, fine. He goes outside. He films himself and says, they wouldn't let me wear this. The activists attacked the Taco Bell until Taco Bell issued a statement saying you can wear Black Lives Matter stuff. Conservatives don't do anything like that. They say, well, but if I do that, I'll lose my job. It's like, you're right. The left doesn't care when they lose their job. Mm-hmm. And you can argue, well, it's because they don't have kids and stuff. Fair point. I'm just saying. When the left is willing to go to Roger Stone's house at five in the morning with CNN being tipped off and they bring him out this way and the right is unwilling to do anything about it or push back in an equal yeah. or, or opposing way, then you will get this indefinitely. It, it, you know, it, it's remarkable to me that what happened to Roger Stone happened while you were the acting yeah. AG. I, I mean, listen, I, I, hate, I take responsibility for it. It was under my watch. I was in charge of the Department of Justice at the time. Um, you know, I mean, I 
raised holy hell as best I could. Um, but, you know, I just don't, you know, this is philosophically, the best you can do is know that it sh- shouldn't and won't happen the next time. Because and it does. Well, I mean, you know, it does and it doesn't. I mean, you know, at least while I was there, we didn't have anything like that go down. Um, but you, you know, this is where we have to, um, have a higher standard for all, no matter what party you are, for all public servants, we have to have a higher standard. We can't just have our public servants be like everybody else and hold them to the same standard because it's going to end up, you know, as, it's going to be just a complete. Well, you're right. Blank uh, show. See, you guys are killing me. Mm-hmm. The cluster. You're right, but show. here's the, here's the issue. Show. Thank you. Right now, you have these young progressive personalities on YouTube, or whatever, claiming Republicans are steamrolling everything. And why do they believe that? Because they think they should get universal health care, but those Republicans just won't let them. Meanwhile, Republicans are actually compromising on everything, yeah. on most things. Uh, gun control being the perfect example. When the Democrats on the left argue that Republicans are the roadblock because they're only giving you a little bit. Meanwhile, the Democrats are arresting former administration officials, which is like the red flag of all red flags in terms of governmental collapse and crisis. Mm -hmm. The right being unwilling to do anything or saying, you know what, we're going to stand on decorum. It's like, congratulations, stand on your decorum. When they come and shackle your feet, let me know and I'll salute you as you go to the gulag. That's what that's what's happening. No, I, and I'm not saying that the, the 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 right should uni you know unilaterally disarm. Um, in fact, it's quite the opposite. You know, we got to play the same game they're playing. Uh, we need to know the game we're playing and then play it well. But this does not end up well. Um, I, I don't. You know, yeah. if we if we just keep smacking each other, uh, that's not good for the American people. And that's why the voters ultimately, you know, need to get the right people. I mean, I, I and throw the ones out that they don't. That aren't working, and we need to have we need to have more primaries, and we need to have yep. more, you know, contested elections, and 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 it needs to be from the bottom to the top, and and it just you know for me, um, you know, we can't, um, you know, we all learn as we go, and we you know we all adapt and adjust, and I just don't think Republicans are learning as well, well uh, as Democrats right now. Let, let me ask you about what happened with Lee Zeldin. So yeah. you have this guy with uh, cat ears. You know, I wouldn't call it uh, – people are referring to it as a bladed weapon. Is that fair to say, do you think? Would you, would you consider- I, so it's a self-defense device. But, I mean, it, it is – you know, it would if, – if he had hit his, you know, neck, neck or artery yeah. or something, he could have bled out. I mean, there's, there's no doubt this is a very dangerous situation. Um, I, you see this stuff, and it happened, what, a couple months a couple months ago, we just saw some guy try to assassinate Kavanaugh, or at least yeah. made great strides to get to that point. Yeah, no, I mean, I, again, I, I think, I think this, this, you know, culture of violence that we have right now, uh, and it's, you know, it's very broad, um, but you know, the political violence, I mean, it's just incredibly dangerous. Is this and, the, and it's, you know, is it, is it, you know, we talked about earlier, is it, is it going to be worth doing these jobs? You know, even exactly. being a public figure. I mean, it's just, it's not. Um, it, it will be if you're a communist. If you're if you're in a cult or you're ideologically driven. Like I, I just mentioned this guy. He's wearing the Black Lives Matter mask at Taco Bell and he says, fire me. I'm not taking it off. He's willing to throw himself, you know, on top of the of the issue because he, he'll sacrifice his position to wear that mask and they give it to him because of it. And so you look at now what's going on with uh, the violence. 
You've got people on the left who are willing to destroy their careers or get paid almost nothing to be in that position, and the right's unwilling to do it. They're saying things like, you know what, it's easier and more comfortable just to get out of here and do something else, and that's why they lose. So now you see this guy who attacked Zeldin, and he says, he, I guess the latest report is that he didn't know who Zeldin was or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you go to a political rally the day right. at, the, the, the day uh, the governor puts out a statement about the guy getting up on stage holding a weapon and then trying right. to, and telling him he's done and then moving, gesturing. I'm being very careful here towards his neck with it, whether it was for the microphone, his neck, whatever. I don't, I don't think you just do that randomly. But these are people who, when when you get someone who's willing to sacrifice their their livelihood and their job or their own safety, these are people who are willing to wear all black and firebomb federal buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I gotta tell you, man, this is asymmetrical uh, culture war, where the right is like we're gonna win when regular people wake up to the gas prices, and it's like yeah, I, I think <coughs> that's 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 potentially true. A lot of people, working class families are going to be looking at the $5 a gallon gas and the four, it's $4.30 average right now and they're going to be very angry about it. But how many people are indoctrinated and don't care about gas at all? How many posts have you seen on Facebook where people say, I don't care about high gas prices. January 6th is more important because I see those all the time. I see people who, who care more. are your more. Facebook friends? Well, I've got thousands of people on Facebook <laughs> posting. Cleanse memes. that. Cleanse that list of crazy people. Well, even Biden said it's worth it so we could stick take a stand for Ukraine. We did the right thing. Republicans and even people they the were up before that even happened. Don't want to sacrifice anything. Yeah. And the left will sacrifice themselves. Well, they don't want to sacrifice. They have a lot to say. I mean, you know, a lot of Republicans are very successful or and have, you know, have ambition. I mean, the have reality- goals and desires and, you know, want to accomplish things not only for themselves, but for their family and they want their family to be successful. So, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. You know, there's there's so many of these people, uh, especially people, uh, many many Republicans retiring. They don't want to be involved in it at all, so they're like, I'm just going to retire. Yeah, because it's not worth the money. Maybe you made enough money. It is. It would be so easy for so many of these people. You don't need that much money to retire forever. And so what I see is... What is the number? To retire forever? Yeah. I mean, let's just look at the average retirement. If you wanted to be a regular person, you, you retire on half a million to a million. Mm-hmm. Now, most of these people in Congress, I think, what is like half of them are millionaires or some ridiculous number? Wouldn't surprise number. me. I mean, their their retirement benefits are also very good. Right. Nancy Pelosi's net worth is 135 million. She could leave at any moment. She never has to work a day in her life. You just got two fridges full of ice cream, by the way. Really expensive ice cream, yeah. too. Yeah. These are people who just Wait, want what? power. Yeah. She she made a video during the pandemic where like people were hurting and broke, and she's like, "Look at my fifteen dollar ice cream. It's very good." And everybody was like, thanks. She's so disgusting. Oh, yeah. That's Nancy uh, Pelosi for you. She should retire. Well, what's even more disgusting is Tim doing Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, tr- I, I tried. even I worse. Tried. I had to make it even more disgusting. <laughs> that's how she talks. <laughs> Near yeah, the but, sides of the back of your tongue smacking on your inner cheek. The the, the way I see it, man, is um, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, look, we, we here at TimCast, we're, we're successful. You know. So I hear. It would be so easy me I wish just, my podcast was as successful. We've got a bunch of new shows we're launching, and and um, I'm going to break down for everybody why we do what we do. Um, I think I mentioned this last week. TimCast.com, what was the first show that we launched? It was Tales from the Inverted World, true crime, mystery, history podcast. Why? They're very popular, particularly among women. We already have a, a political podcast where we talk ad nauseum about all of these issues. <laughs> yeah. Then we launched Pop Culture Crisis with Brett uh, Dasevic. We brought on Mary Morgan to co-host it because that's not political. Because the goal for the website isn't just to 
argue with people and say, hey, that thing they're doing on TV is dumb. And that thing that they said in Congress was stupid. It's like, we got to change culture. We got to change it all. But here's the crazy thing. It is people don't I don't think people understand how difficult it is to do all of this, how much time it takes, 16 hours a, a, a day, plus, you know, several hours on the weekends, every waking moment of my life on the phone, answering emails. And I got to figure out which emails to answer to make all of this work. And it would be so incredibly easy to cut everything down, do a single show and just be well off and say, why am I risking my neck and stressing myself out for people who won't do the same? Because I genuinely believe that there are a lot of people who listen who do want to do that. And so maybe there are a lot of people who are like, you know, those, all that woke cult stuff is really bad, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to get involved. Great. Well, I'm not talking to them, I guess. Maybe I'm trying to encourage them to stand up and change the world. But I think there are a lot of people who are like, I'm ready, I'm willing, and I'm going to speak up and I'm going to make a difference. And I'm like, well, then we got to have a space that allows for that to happen. And we got to encourage more and more people to get involved. So I'm, I'm more content doing that. As opposed to so many other people who, you know, they're, well, I don't want to be in government because it's not worth the pay. And then the Democrats try to destroy you. And then you look at what they put Brett Kavanaugh through. So there are certainly a lot of people who are standing up, who are pushing back and doing the right thing. And I can respect them. And I think we got to get more people to do it. But the way I see it with what we're doing at TimCast is at the very least, we're just going to create a cultural space to the best of our abilities. We're going to fight for it every day to not just be overtly political. Because one thing the right does and they do, they do terribly is they argue about what the left does instead of doing things. They say, Hollywood made a movie. The movie sucks. Okay, well, now you got the Daily Wire making their own movies. Timcast.com, we're starting to launch our own shows. That's the path. Mm-hmm. We create shows. We create culture. And we create a new place for people to go to get away from the influence of the Democrats and their psychotic cult. That, I think, is the path towards changing things. It is the hardest path possibly to take. So I totally get it. Why there are so many people who are like, I make good money. Why speak up? Yeah, and and the and the frightening thing, I'm sure for you all, and and I'm sure you know the reason you're trying to get more at on your website is because of how easy it is for big tech to deplatform you. Oh, hands I mean, down. I mean, Absolutely. it's just it's it's because you know there there are ways to monetize these types of things that are you know that are pretty good when you're on these platforms, but they can take it away tomorrow. And that's I mean that that's that's what. Anybody that wants to create a show or content or or do anything, I mean, you don't do obviously you don't do it for the money, but like that, I think that's a reward for being good. It's and it's not just about uh, like getting banned; it's about the manipulation, the shadow banning. Yeah. So you know, we we had a show called Cast Castle, which was like a vlog, and we did bits, and then we ramped up the jokes because honestly, just it's fun to write jokes and act. Um, and then the issue is we can't do a lot of jokes; you get banned for it, or you could build your business up on their platform. They don't ban you. They just cut your money off yeah. after a decade of investment. And then your show's gone. And it's like, okay, why build up their platform? We'll build up ours. And so now, you know, this show is live on the front page of TimCast.com. We're doing a lot. We've done infrastructure. We've kicked PayPal off the website. PayPal and their censorious attitudes and Silicon Valley cultism. We now use Parallel Economy, which is co-founded by Dan Bongino and is censorship resistant. So my view is hopefully in five years... The big pop culture conversation is, oh, yeah, that new movie that just came out on TimCast.com. And we're, we're not going to be overtly political. We don't make conservative content. We're not conservatives. Yeah. We just make content that it's not woke. And mm-hmm. we'll create a space to call out the lies the Democrats have been pushing. And look, I don't like the uniparty Republicans either. But yeah. the Democrats are the ones who control the cultural institutions that are burning everything down. You're right. You're right. That's what we do, I guess. Good. I love it. That's why I'm here. 
Yeah, I heard I'm, good I'm, things. Well, I'm, I'm 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 optimistic in that regard, but I also kind of feel like we're building an arc in a sense. Like mm. it's going to get way worse than it is now. A lot of people think that's pessimistic. I'm like, I don't look at it negatively. You know, I just look at I think I look at it like mathematically. What's happening now culturally and culturally and politically is negative points towards the United States. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. That doesn't mean everyone's going to die and the sun's going to burn yeah. out and the planet's going to explode. No, there's still a Rome. There's still a Rome. There's or, just no Roman Empire. Well, exactly. You know, well, I mean, that's just you know, like that. It turned into a church, the Roman Catholic Church now. It's another kind of mental control. They, they couldn't do it militarily. It was too big. It splintered. So they just want to keep, yeah. keep that influence. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, my friend Rick Grinnell says often, you know, most uh, great civilizations have lasted about 250 years. Or we're, what, 246 right now? And we're there. Yeah. And so we, we have the, the, the people of the United States are going to have to decide. And uh, yeah, I think there are a lot of headwinds in that regard. I also think, you know, we're the greatest idea ever conceived in human history. I, and I, so we'll see if we can, you know, as a people, figure it out. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be through legislation. I don't think we can legislate solution or print solutions with mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve. It's it's industry, like, actually making things, like graphene. I, it's obsessively been talking about the last two years graphene. to bring awareness we to We have yeah. been obsessively talking oh, about it. Oh, I thought it. I have. I have been. <laughs> but I don't even, are you familiar with the material? It's now graphene time. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> check this out. Check this out. You know, to Ian's credit, I got an ad for an electric bike. Its range was 150 miles. That blew my mind. Yeah. Because we've got some electric bikes. The range is like 40 or 50 miles. And it charges in 15 minutes. Incredible. 15 minutes. So, this is a battery compound? It's uh, pure carbon. It's just carbon. And it's hexagonally latticed like a honeycomb, flat, one layer atomic thick. But it's electrically conductive, capacitative like a battery. It's super, you can super conduct with this stuff. My point the bike uses a graphene battery. Dude, and it's, you can pull carbon dioxide out of the air, put it on, condense it on a palladium and then turn it into graphene. So, we can basically mine the air, mine the carbon out of the air. We can mine the methane out of the air. And we're going to be, end up competing with trees. So, if we, we just need to renegotiate and, and bring awareness to the government, I think, to teach them about the 21st century industry. Well, isn't this the point I was trying to make earlier? And obviously, you do it better with like a real technology, but it's, but human innovation is, you know, going to, cause that doesn't that solve the excess carbon in the environment? If we're competing with trees, trees are the ones that are pulling out carbon but the, dioxide. But this is what we're running into. Cause, cause, cause yes, right? We, we get carbon in the air and then like Ian says, we mine the air for carbon and we need more of it. We can't take too much. You run into people who post things and memes like Elon Musk is wasting money going to outer space. That money should be spent here in the, in the United States. And it's like, where do you think they spent the money? Do you think that Elon went to the moon and gave moon people our money? No, he hired American workers to work on American products, to machine yeah. American parts, to make an American spaceship. It goes up into space and then it comes back. These people don't understand. When we talk about new technologies, you are up against ideology versus innovation. And the ideologues are saying there's too much carbon. Therefore, shut everything down. Mm-hmm. Take away people's fuel. Let the diabetics die when their refrigerators stop working. and They don't have insulin anymore. And that will solve the problem. And then you have the innovators saying, can we, I don't know, mine carbon from the air to reduce the, the parts per million so that we can offset global warming, but then also use it for something innovative? No, they don't want to give you the chance. There are people who oppose human ingenuity and people who support it. And right now, the Democratic Party... What, what, what are we watching right now? Joe Biden selling off 20 million barrels of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. 
a decent amount goes to China. They say the reason is because China, it, it legally has to go to the highest bidder. So Europe and then China, they get it. And my question is, Joe Biden, if, 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 if he comes Which out. Which makes no sense. I want to just hang a lantern on what you just said, which yeah. is true, but it makes no sense. It's the United States Strategic Petroleum right. Reserve. It's not supposed to be yeah. sold off. It's supposed right. to be used. It's not to be but they're auctioned. Trying, yeah. they're, they're trying to lower the prices. So the question is, you know, if Joe Biden comes out and says he's going to get us off fossil fuels, and then you see, I think, Jeremy, what they shut down their nuclear plants, right? Is that what happened? I believe so, yes. I think so. I don't know. You want to fact check that? I have they, heard they, that. They did? Yeah. They I'm, I'm wondering then... You know, they're not, they're, Greta Thunberg says, we don't want to wait until 2030. We want to stop fossil fuels now. And it's like, it just sounds like they want to kill people. That, that's all it sounds like. That we've got a food shortage coming and they say, stop farming. We've got uh, a fuel crisis and they're saying, sell it off and shut down our power plants. And I'm like, you're just trying to get rid of humans. Bill Gates wrote four years ago, we have to stop poverty in Africa because they're having too many kids. So there'll be more poor people. And I'm like, so you're not saying kill them. You're saying don't let them exist in the first place. It sounds an awful lot like they're just nuking the system on purpose. I, I think a lot of it is ignorance. Like maybe there are some destructive people that want to wipe out a segment of the population just for whatever short-sighted w- desire. But the people that want to create less carbon don't seem to understand that we can pull it out of the atmosphere pretty readily. Well, that's the point. Ideology versus innovation. Mm-hmm. How do you convince a zombie horde screaming the end is nigh? That there are ways to solve these problems to technology. You can't. There, there, I, you know, I, I saw a video, Turning Point USA. We had, uh, actually, let me, let me just, let me see if I can pull this up and we'll talk about it. We got this tweet from Turning Point USA. They say, yesterday, The View and Whoopi Goldberg smeared and lied about TPUSA uh, regarding an incident where supposed Nazis showed up outside the, the student action summit. Basically, they say, oh, there were Nazis there. Yeah, there were weirdos waving a flag outside the event on the public Freshly sidewalk. Unfolded flags. Freshly unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder, well, they were uh, probably the, probably the left. It was yeah. The left created this story. I mean, then Whoopi Goldberg says they were in there. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. in there. She's forced to come back out and say they weren't in there, but they were. Uh, they weren't inside the building, but you know, they were. They were. They were mixed in with the people. It's all big. It's all just outright lies about everything. So, oh, so instead of the same person who got in trouble for what did she say? The Holocaust wasn't racially motivated. (laughs) Uh Now, let me play this clip for (laughs) you. Let me, let me play this clip for you real quick and, um, avert your ears, children. This may be rather shrill and annoying. You've been warned. (laughs) Set up my back! Okay. Set up my back! Guys, it's a real- I should kill myself? Why? Why? Why should I kill myself? This, this young woman screaming for literally no reason, nothing she understands. How do you say to her, ma'am, did you know that we can solve the problem of climate change by mining carbon from the atmosphere? Put it in a song, when, a hit when, song, because that gets the mindless zombies to dance along. Perhaps. <laughs> Ian, write a hit song called, we can mine graphene from the air. That'll be good. And then <laughs> these people will start screaming and then you play the song. No, the problem is they, you know what I think? The zombie hordes hate. They want to hate. They hate. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, you know, that meme where the guy says, I'm angry. And the guy says, here's a solution. And then he burns and says, I don't want a solution. I want to be mad. He's like, I'm mad. I want to be mad. This this woman's screaming. And I got to tell you, I don't know her personally, but I will tell you my experience having been at these protests. There's no reasoning with these people. 
None. Not I in the protests. moment. Not yeah. in the moment, for sure. But no, 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 not just not at all. I've not been ever? to their. I've been to their. I've been to their meetings. The, 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 Even the, those are impossible in a in a room with a bunch of people. Like, good luck. No, no, no. I'm I talking about. Wall I'm talking Street, about the private rooms at Occupy Wall Street where they were squatting inside one of the buildings. Yeah, yeah. No same, same. About. I wonder if we were at the same meeting. Maybe that would have been awesome. And everyone's sitting down with in small groups having conversations. And these people are zealots. They don't care. They they. You are dealing with ideology versus logic, and they don't care. Yeah, you can't head on it. You got to sub subvert it and kind of make them believe it without them realizing they're believing it. Which is why I put no, 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 no. You, you, like you, you misunderstand. I agree with you on that point. But what I'm saying is, they want hatred. Yeah, it's addictive. And so, if you tell someone, "I got this really good idea that we could mine carbon out of the atmosphere to stop climate change," they would say. I don't care. I hate these I people. I hate these people. Hate is like real. It's something that they can like, at least they know they have control of something as long as they can continue to feel. And when it goes away, then it's this uncertainty that can lead to like terror. And so they, they snap back to what they know. Hmm. That's kind of a natural human you know, phenomenon. I just, I, I was in uh, um, San Bernardino. There was a group of people protesting, holding up signs. And they had all stopped and they were talking to each other. And I walked up and I was like, hey, how's it going, guys? And they, were, they just looked at me like some of them like, oh, hey, what's up? And I was like, I just wanted to ask you guys, like, what's going on? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And then someone walks up and starts screaming, Mike, check, Mike, check, Mike, check. Instantly, all of the activists start repeating in unison, Mike, check. That's what you're supposed to do. What, what does that even mean? I don't know what Mike, so, that, like this Mike? Mike, check is a technique that the activists, uh, the cults use to, uh, they claim. Bring them back to the trance. Amplify voices when you can't hear things. It's freaky, weird. Dude. Oh, is that where they repeat? Like, it's, every, everything oh is my yeah. goodness. Yeah. I, would, so, I went to Occupy. I wouldn't do it. I refused. I just screamed as loud as I could so they didn't have to repeat me because it was so cult. It was culty. It's culty. It's a cult They get technique. you to repeat the thing. They make you repeat it several times. And so when I tried mm-hmm. talking to people, they immediately start yelling, mic check, stopping the conversation. And the woman said, she goes, do not, and they all go, do not, and she goes, talk to anyone, and they all, and they all repeat, talk to anyone, they are trying, they are trying to trick you, to trick you, and then she says it again, and they all just mindlessly chant, you don't get it, man, like, I hear what you're saying about subverting and, like, trying to convince them, but when people are in a zombie horde, controlled by a zombie lord, I don't know what to tell you, because I've been in private with them, and they have cognitive dissonance, and they experience physical pain when you provide information that could shatter that. And when they're in public, they're unwilling or just so angry. Look at this woman. She's screaming at Drew Hernandez's face for no reason. She doesn't know him, know anything about him. And she's saying, stand up, fight back. What does that mean? I want the context. What did Drew say? Do you have, is there more of the video? Oh, I don't have it. But, but come on, like. No, we don't need context. I Drew, must know. We, we, I see the know. humanity in the woman. You will. What does what, what stand up fight back mean? Okay, it's, what are, it's what are they, rhetoric. What are I don't they even protesting? know. I don't, what, are they, what are they protesting? I don't know. What is because a Twitter free Isabel? Is they're, the they're amoral and they want to cling to something that feels like a moral system. Mm. Zombies. What makes someone susceptible to that? You know, I... I why I, is it not you? Why is it not me? I don't know. Like, why isn't it like not any in, of us? In these crowds? Yeah. yeah. Um... Strong mental fortitude and independent. Having uh, a job. I don't know about that. Probably helps. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's nature or nurture because I wonder 
how is it that throughout my life I have been fiercely independent? Maybe it's maybe it's uh, nurture, you know, the the way I was raised. Are you Scottish by chance? No, uh, part Irish. Okay, that might German. explain it. But uh, I'm a bunch of different things. Growing up in on, on the South Side, it was like you know, figure it out. It's all you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe these are kids who had everything handed to them and they have no idea to solve their problems. I think that could be a big part of it because there are so many people who say I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I got to be honest, if you are an adult and you don't know what to do to be successful, then you prop, you, you did not have parents who taught you the things mm-hmm. you needed to do to survive mm-hmm. or circumstances that did. Because I was lucky enough to have a bit of both. I had uh, parents who basically, hey, get out of the house and go do stuff. And so forcing me to be more independent. That was what we did back then when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We, we'd, be, we'd be anti-grounded. My parents would be like, get out of the house. Like you're sitting inside too much. Go do something. Come back when the street lights turn on. That was that was me growing up, and so solve your problems. You're on See, your own. I got. Uh, we had a house uh, that didn't have a deck off the sliding glass door. My parents just never put one on there, <laughs> and they, if there's one now there, they're still in the same house. But they, um, my mom would just open up that sliding glass window and yell and whistle, the same way she <laughs> yeah. would call the dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was when it was time to come in for dinner. It I was, I. I mean, I it, was, it was, you know, like most of our childhoods, that was like, that was just normal. <laughs> I would, I remember I was like, I'm like 14 and my friends were all jumping on the freight trains and riding them mm-hmm. because, you know, our area was like from where we lived to where the park was was like three miles. So you'd be walking down the tracks, you'd, you'd hear the thing, the train's going like 15 or 20 miles an hour, you run and then just grab and hang on and it brings you all the way there. These are little kids doing this stuff. Yeah. Just figure it out on your own. I wonder if these kids don't have that. Well, this girl, uh, I watched her eyes when she was screaming. It looks like some sort of am- amphetamine intercept. Like it looks like a kid- Adderall. Yeah, Adderall maybe. Cause like the eyes are so round and pupiled and they're not matching with the mouth. I, I think kids that like are on drugs at age 12, 13, 14, even younger don't know how to be happy really or they, or, they don't or, know what they're protesting. Yeah, they don't they don't have like a solid formation of what they think reality is without the drug. Right. So there were protesters today outside the uh, Marriott Marquis. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, yeah. I'm used to it um and I hate to I hate to say that I have one one rule of protesters. Um please write your signs so they can be read at about 35 miles an hour cuz for some reason Jeff Sessions when I was uh, worked with him um had a lot of people that didn't like him and had a lot of protesters that would show up everywhere we went around the country. And these people would write these very convoluted signs that didn't make any sense. I mean, there were a couple, like, two-word ones, like, F you. Like, that that made sense. I, I get your perspective. but Re- Remember when someone made a sign that said, Rahm Emanuel likes Nickelback? Yes. How dare they? And then all of a sudden, everyone started writing similar signs. Yeah. And became a meme. Because these people aren't protesting College anything. Game day is the best they're, for that. They're the not protesting anything. They're showing up and trying to just be part of a crowd to yeah. feel included or something. Because they need like, to go to church. Right. Well, they don't have, this is their church. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. Which is so trite to say, but no, it's true. It is. And so the funny thing is how I take a look at this, right? Um, I'm certainly not Christian by any standard. I take a look at this and I take a look at There's churches. always time. Well, I, I, I was when I was younger. I went to Catholic school, okay. and uh, I was raised Catholic. And then I believe in God, but I don't believe in any of the uh, organized religions for the most part. Um, so you're spiritual. 
No, that's not that, religious. Not that, perfect. Absolutely yeah, not. he is. Do you <laughs> believe in a power greater than yourself? Yes. Okay. Um, I think logic. Do you pray? Uh, I, I I think maybe Christians would. I don't consider it praying in the same way that a Christian would or someone mm-hmm. else. So maybe maybe not. I wouldn't say so. But uh, when I when I stand back and I see modern Christianity, I see some people who believe stupid things. I see some people who think there's a giant man in a row, bald in the clouds, who's watching over us, which is silly. But then I see people who are um, more uh, learned when it comes to philosophy and theology, and they actually question and they have, they have um, le- legitimate reasons for believing the things they do. But more importantly, I say, okay, let's talk about the, the general outcome of what we have. Were there bad things before uh, modernization and reformation? Oh, you betcha. And there still are in a lot of religions. But I tell you this, when I go down, when I went, I was hanging out with Seamus, who's a Catholic, and we went down to uh, Charlestown after, after uh, we met up with him after Mass got out. I see a bunch of little kids playing, wearing nice clothes with their parents, and their parents are keeping their kids safe, and they're mm-hmm. sharing food with the needy and things like that. I'm like, all those things are really good. You want to have a gathering, and your idea of doing right by, by your community is teaching your kids to be good people and providing food to the needy. I'm like, dig it. Really great. If your idea of a gathering and community building is screaming at the top of your lungs and throwing bricks and harassing people, we got a very serious problem with your moral framework. So what do we see right now? Perhaps there will be a reformation of leftist ideology in 2,000 years, and they'll realize that <laughs> maybe they should actually practice what they preach, and instead of screaming in people's faces and throwing bricks at them, they give them bread. A lot of these people do that. When I see people doing like foods, not bombs, giving out food, I've seen this my entire life, that's fantastic. If that's your idea of, of organizing, that's great. And then, of course, there, you know, historically there have been, you know, bad Christians as well. Modern times right now, I'm not going to sit here and complain about the 50s. You know, those times have passed. Civil rights won. Congratulations. Um, my family's certainly happy that it happened. Now I'm looking at your average Christian and um, maybe not doing enough to raise their kids properly. And so this is why you're seeing a wave of young people becoming dejected and lost. But I see at these universities some new kind of pseudo non-theistic religion in critical theory, wokeness. I don't think any of these one terms defines what's happening. Uh, they say intersectional feminism. They say wokeness. They say critical race theory, critical gender theory, critical theory. None of those things actually explain what we're seeing. The emergence of a non-theistic religion, perhaps wokeism is the best all-encompassing term. These are people who have all of the similar traits of a newly formed religion or dogma. They are violent. They are angry. They have no rhyme or reason or logic behind what they do. Is this transhumanism? You think this no. is tr- transhumanistic religion? No, it's almost like um, the way I explained it before is I read, read a physics book about uh, when they captured electrons in a two-dimensional plane and simulated an, an, an element. So an element, for instance, has got like a hydrogen has an atomic weight of one, I believe. Yeah, one proton. One proton with an electron uh, orbiting it. So what I read was that in a two-dimensional plane, they captured an electron and simulated orbit. There was no proton nucleus, but it uh, adopted the properties of hydrogen because of the confined space and the forced movement of the electron or whatever. And so they injected an electron, another one into it, and it simulated helium effectively. But there was no core. There was no nucleus. And that's what I see here. I see the all of the bad of religion amassed into one group with no rhyme or reason or dictating principles, just chaos. It is like a fire, consuming, burning, full of rage, and there's no reasoning with it. 
Yeah, what do you do? it's like uh, so they're forcing. It's not happening naturally. It's like a, it's like a forced um, creation as opposed to happening naturally. Um, it's like take take a bunch of people. It's it's you know what it is. It's really simple. It's uh, take a Christian society, which the United States absolutely is, and and and, and the left might be like, no, we're not. I'm not saying it should be. I'm saying that the overwhelming majority of people in this country identify as Christians and historically have done so. And then what you do is over time, those kids, the next generations, next generations slowly cease to hold the values. And what you end up with is all the, all of the elements of dogma without any of the moral framework. Yeah. Like when you tell yourself, I, I have to go do this thing because that's what a Christian would do, or I have to go yell at a crowd because that's what a true believer would do. You're the electron without the core. It comes nat. You don't need to be told what to do to get it done. You know, it's, it's inherent in the system. If you look around and you're open to it, but that requires some sort of, I don't know, stability or you something. You know, what's crazy. The, the lady from the Westboro Baptist church who got de-radicalized on Twitter. You know the story? Oh yeah. I can't remember her name, but you she was on, her. yeah, she yeah. was on Twitter and then, People started having conversations with her, and then she was like, wow, okay, maybe I'm wrong about this. Uh, Daryl Davis talking about how he met with Klansmen, and then he's a black man, and he talks to him, and then he, they, they turn in their robes and say, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you take a look at these people, and they're the complete opposite. There's no reasoning. Mm-hmm. They're just mm-hmm. screaming and dogmatic. I think it was Megan Phelps Roper is yeah. the woman that yeah. left the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Phelps, yeah. Yep. She was know, a man. Rogan interview that was pretty cool, I believe. That was very cool. Yeah. I wonder what this, uh, you know, uh, watching this video from, from uh, uh, its uh, front lines with uh, Drew Hernandez, seeing this video of this woman just screaming, and it's just so, uh, it's, just, it's exactly what I experienced for a decade. I'm like, yeah. where did these people end up? I keep thinking of, like, the second coming of Christ and, like, how they say in the apocalypse or the end times that Christ will reemerge to unify mm-hmm. the planet or whatever. I don't know. Maybe you know more about it. I don't yeah. you know. But that maybe that's what we need right now with, like— Obviously, oh, I, Islam I mean, and Christianity, yeah. but now this too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously Christians, including myself, believe that Jesus will come again. He promised he would. Um, you know, there's some belief that he will come through the East Gate uh, on the Temple Mount. I was just there uh, a week ago. He was not there at the time. <laughs> Hasn't been there Bomb. yet. Um, well, he clearly didn't come to unify, as he said himself. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's, you know, our, our human nature and human, you know, just failing i mean we you know we always uh, human beings for the you know through through time immemorial have always you know sort of um put themselves at the center of the universe i mean this that's why um i think these pictures from this new um uh satellite that that are bringing you know 150 million years of you yeah. know i have been extraordinary but it just yeah. it points just i mean not only how many universes there are but just how like how remote how many universes really, there are well I mean, I'm not you know i'm sorry multiverse not, you know, I'm sorry, theory I'm sorry. galaxies no, no galaxies well, thank you yeah i, I misspoke something though but, i misspoke but thank you for uh, stomping you me may for have actually just channeled no, no, the no. truth <laughs> i was like yeah i think you're channeling the truth there you know yeah. multiverse theory huh well I, this is is something that i've had deep conversations with with smart people and you know at the end of the day you know physicists can't explain where what where, what it's expanding into and and it just gets really you know it's been the curvatures and things bending and donuts and all that and and I just I think these pictures are just extraordinary because if you look at the like a, like a like a, the size of what was it the size of like a, a pin the head of a pin 
and it had all oh, of yeah. these galaxies in it. Now and you want to just it was just and you just think like you know we're just like on this random one arm of one galaxy, uh, kind of really sort of out of you know outside of the middle of all this. It's just here's I don't the, know. It blows your mind sometimes. Here's the scary you. thing about it though, right? The universe is expanding. Ian's looking like either yeah, I totally agree. I agree. Or, I think dude, all you're, like, the me life out. forms <laughs> like there's so much life in the in this universe. I would imagine there's now, here's, so much of us. Here's the scary thing: they say the universe is expanding, and it's expanding faster, right? So that means it that looks like it is. there will come to a point where the universe has expanded so much, when you look into the night sky, you will see literally nothing. Because the light... Because it's moving away from us. I, yeah. I don't the think that's light real, is, though. The light is moving away from us faster than it can come to us. People in that era will think there is nothing else. I think that's an optical illusion because the universe is twisting around on itself. You mentioned the donut, the mm-hmm. torus, mm-hmm. and that because it's... Because the wavelength is turning, it looks like it's changing color. Uh, it's called the red shift in nature. It yep. looks, and they say, well, that means it's getting further away, but it might just be that the, the, the wave is bending and you're, it looks like it's becoming yeah. a shorter frequency or a longer frequency, depending on how it's bending. And, um, it's just twisting. That's, uh, okay. Perhaps, and yeah. perhaps we'll go to Super Chats. Yes. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends if you like it, and head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have that members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. Last night we had Zuby on. That was a really great conversation. And, of course, you also want to check out, if you're looking for something to do while you're on a road trip or it's late night and you're trying to chill, Tales from the Inverted World, these episodes, we've really cranked up the production value and we're getting ready to relaunch Cast Castle. These are going to be 20 to 30 minute episodes. It's going to be a whole lot of fun with a whole lot of jokes and uh, more shows to come. Comedy specials, all that good stuff. A lot of stuff. We also have, we are uh, going to be launching the Inverted World podcast, which is, I know Tales from the Inverted World had a podcast audio form. This is going to be Shane Cashman actually taking calls and discussing the creepy, the paranormal, the mysteries, hauntings with uh, people all over the country. So we're actually going to be setting up a way that you guys can submit your stories, tell them, and then we're going to be creating a weekly show that's going to explore all of this stuff. So that's all to come. Let's read some super chats. Bree Sullivan says, is the death penalty a deterrent for drug dealers? Aren't their executions less refined than ours? Who's, who's executions? The drug dealers, like the cartels, yeah, yeah, they find these bodies heaped mm-hmm. in a pile and stuff. Well, yeah. So, so what do you think? Do you think the death penalty deters crime? That's that's actually uh, I I don't the, the 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 honest answer is I don't know. I think um, many uh, death penalty eligible crimes are crimes of passion, and I'm not sure people consider uh, when they're you know killing another human being that right. they're you know going to be punished. Um, at the same time. Um, I think it also is like the, the society statement on, on the, what the moral code is. Right. Yeah. All right. GK Mashton says, do you know about Bill Whittle and his plan to make a Star Trek like open universe for animated shows that aren't woke? He's a fan of yours and your efforts to make entertainment fun again. Cool. Glad to hear it. Thank you. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, you're a fan of yours. I'm sorry. This is your, oh. this is your super chat. <laughs> yeah. Talking about, uh, <laughs> launching new shows. All right. John Smith says, Matt, please run against Rhino Joni Ernst in 2026. What are your political aspirations? You going to run? So I, I lost to Joni in a primary in 2014. Um, Joni is uh, is a friend of mine. Uh, obviously, Iowa is a very small state, so people that are active and involved know each other. Um, 
you know, I don't have any immediate desire to run for office. Uh, I was, there was a lot of people that wanted me to run this year. Uh, Chuck Grassley is our longtime, uh, U.S. Senator. Um, they wanted me to either primary him or they wanted me to run, you know, for attorney general. And I just, I've, um, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. I, you know, I've offered myself to the Iowa voters twice now and, uh, have not been successful, um, statewide. And so I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look for opportunities for public service. You know, maybe that's in the next administration. Maybe that's, um, uh, you know, sort of doing my, my thing, you know, with my, my show and, uh, you know, the other ways. I don't know. I mean, I, I, so as a believer, you know, in God, I think, you know, a lot of this is part of God's plan and he's given me certain, um, abilities and talents and, you know, some of those lend themselves to public speaking and, and doing other things. But at the same time, you know, I'm very content. I don't need it. And that's, that's a great place to be. Cause I think when I was a younger man, I sort of needed, um, you know, I was very ambitious and I needed that, um, that victory because I'm, you know, very competitive. I'd played college football and played sports growing up. Uh, but now I'm in a good place and, uh, you know, really am enjoying what I do now. But at the same time, you know, if the president were to ask me to do something, uh, I would certainly be very interested. Well, let's get this one. Cracker Jack says, me and the wife were talking. I wanted to ask you if you think Trump will truly clean house like he says, because we still have our doubts after his last run. Granted, he was held back by Democrats. Trump said he wants to fire everybody. What do you think? He's going to do it? Yeah. So I've I've been reading the news reports, too. And, and I think th- this president, for much of the administration, was um limited by a lot of the people he had in place you know and some of those were career a lot of them were his own political appointees yep and i think he is much smarter much keener on that he's trusting fewer people he's not just you know he understands that who the deputy attorney general at the department of justice matters and you know so it's and it's all the way down in every organization so yeah i think he's a lot more attuned is he going to clean house uh, i think he's going to count a lot on some key people to execute his plan, if, uh, if, if Trump, he'll be a lot more effective in the first two years than he was last time. Yeah, if he only ran one commercial from now until election day, where he goes, "Ladies and gentlemen of America, if you elect me, I'm going to fire everybody. Have a nice day." I'd be like, "Okay, Ooh, yeah, well, you got my vote. I'm on. <laughs> Go for it." There's too many people in this in this government. We need to clean, clean up, get the corruption out of there, drain the swamp, fire the swamp monsters, whatever. Bring in new people, vet new yeah. people. Really, and our founding this. fathers never intended um, public service to be a career. Yeah, uh, they they thought it would be a sacrifice uh, that mm-hmm. you had to uh, go away from you know ride a horse or a train, initially a horse, and then you know sort of be inconvenienced. And 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 now um, it's just that we have these career you know politicians. That all they've ever done is politics. All they've ever done is be elected. And it's it's not good for the republic. So Christina H., with one of the most important super chats I've ever read, what do you get when you cross an angry sheep with an angry cow? Two animals that are in a bad mood. <laughs> that was too good. I had to read that. That's good. That was too good. Yeah, we needed that. That was good. I hope a bunch of people laughed for the silliness of the joke. All right. Joe Byrne says, just got told at my security job that we will be enforcing a new mask mandate policy within the county. I plan to remind the frustrated employees who think, uh, who, who, uh, frustrated employees who to thank for this come November. Yep. Ant-Man says drug dealers are turning people into zombies. Look up the Kensington area of Philadelphia to see how bad things actually are. People shooting up in public 
and being unable to function in society. Yo, did you see those videos? No. When like the kids get off the bus from school and there's like people oh, standing yeah, there did, and they're I like see that. strung I did out. I see that and they had to walk through it. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. horrible. Get out of cities, man. I appreciate all of the 20s in chat for the moo joke. Thank you, Christina. That was fantastic. <laughs> Truly wholesome, yes. All right. Ramtech says, should A.G. Garland recuse himself from an investigation of Trump? I doubt he will. Should he? Well, he would have to do the same, uh, you know, analysis uh, for, you know, whether or not he has a conflict. Um, I... You know, I'm just off the top of my head. I can't think of anything, but I haven't really done. I haven't thought through the facts and circumstances. All right. Um, he certainly should do, recuse himself for Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. I don't think oh, there's right. any doubt about that. We should get a special prosecutor. Yeah, no, that should, there should be a special counsel appointed. There's, I just can't imagine a world where um, the you know, but this is you know, left does you know, if you remember, this is a long tradition of uh, the Democrats in control of the Department of Justice never taking. Po- the political appointees out of prosecution decisions. They just won't do it. All right. Greg Cox says the government, the government government supplied cartels with weapons fast and furious and shuttled drugs to inner cities. Freeway, Ricky Ross, our government is broken. Fundamentally Trump says it constantly. Why should we trust him on this as he is part of the system? Uh, I think Trump tries. I think he tried. I think he made mistakes because he was naive. I think Trump thought that if he got elected president, he'd be able to get the job done because, well, he's the president. Then he realized there's a bureaucratic state that's gumming up the works. Mm-hmm. And he he figured it out too late. I think, what, the Schedule F stuff happened in 2020? Yeah. It's like the last year he had. And he's like, okay, Schedule F, we're going to fire these people and then try again next time. We'll see. All right. I'm not your buddy guy, says, despite my support for the death penalty, my biggest issue is I can easily see leftists using it on their political opponents. They really have lost it. Regardless, we should make asylums great again. What does that mean? Asylums for the for people who are mentally ill, lock them up. Mm. So they were counting. That could get bad real fast. Yeah, they'll just lock you up. They'll be like, "You're a conservative. <laughs> That's a mental illness. Lock them up." Yeah. Mm. They were like notoriously bad in the '80s. Yeah. Reagan like ended a lot of them and put a lot of people onto the street. Yeah. Supreme Court also ruled that essentially you can't um, detain people without you know kind of yeah. just for. You know, there was a, a fundamental right to, you know, sort of be free and not be detained. Talking cover says, please tell Matt, go big red from a IRL Cornhusker fan. He'll get it being from Iowa. Friendly rivalry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> everywhere I go. I mean, I'm telling you, everywhere I go, these Nebraska fans are always, you know, want to be representing. And I don't I don't think they've beat us in like the last six or seven years. What position oh, really? did you play? I was a tight end. Nice. You're in the Rose yeah. Bowl, right? I played in the Rose Bowl in 1991. Nice. and. Did you were you blocking a lot or did you play, play pass? Uh, so I caught uh, the, this again. The chat should be able to look this up, but I caught like twenty twenty two balls over the course of my career. Two touchdowns. Um, had a good had a good time. It was a great way to pay for school. All right, we got one for you. Greg Cox says this guy was acting attorney general. Does he not read the filings that cross his desk? Didn't he have access to the previous filings? If he disagreed, why didn't he investigate? As a DOD funds manager, I kept all paperwork for nine years to current. Does the AG office not keep that standard? I, I mean, I, I did read everything that crossed my desk. I, I didn't retain my files. I was I left um, on Valentine's Day of 2019. So, I mean, I was, you know, I haven't 
They should all all the documents should be there. There's no doubt about that. I mean, what can you do as AG? I mean, can you launch investigations? Can you? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot you can do. There's a lot you shouldn't do as well. But you know, yeah. you you need to have your um you know finger on the pulse of that institution, and especially anything that's um that's important that's going to happen. You need to you know be fully briefed and and uh, you know if necessary, you have the authority and responsibility to insert yourself in it. When Trump um, gets elected, he should appoint Marjorie Taylor Greene as Attorney General. I, Can he do that? Is she a lawyer? No. Do, do you have to be? Um, I'm pretty sure to be the Attorney General. I would have to look I don't know. at the. You don't, don't got to be a lawyer to be a Supreme Court Justice. I'm pretty. That's sure. true. You yeah. have to be learned in the law, but you don't have to yeah. have a law degree. Um, I think to be Attorney General, you have to be an attorney. Oh, okay. Then who I, can well, you get? who's a good so, lawyer? So that that, that would be go back to Will the, 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 the Justice yeah. Department was formed. Um, by, in the Grant administration, and I, and I had the great fortune of going to the archives and seeing cool. the document, the original document signed, the bill that was signed by Grant. Um, that was really cool. All right. Well, then we'll have to find a good lawyer. Maybe yes. uh, maybe he'll do uh, with Jeffrey Clark. Cash Patel, yeah, Jeffrey Clark. Oh yeah, Cash. Too. Yeah, yeah. Is Cash? Cash. What, what, but Cash was doing doing something else. What yeah, did he, he do? He was. Uh, role. He was. A, he was started as a public defender, and then he became yeah. a, a terrorism prosecutor. Yeah. No, but what was what was he appointed to in the Trump oh, administration? Uh, so he was the DOD's chief of right. staff. Right. He was also uh, on the National Security Council doing terrorism, and uh, he was Rick Grinnell's um, deputy, deputy DNI, I think. All right. The Anvil says, 15 years in corrections. Do my job for a year, and you'll change your mind on the death penalty. That is a horrifying prospect because my position on the death penalty is that there are very, very bad people who deserve death. But the issue isn't the bad people who deserve death. It's the innocent people who get caught in the system and get put to death. Mm. So if the idea was that Robert, people are saying Robert Barnes for AG, I'd take it. Absolutely. Uh, if people are saying that or if your idea is that I would go to a prison and see bad people and then be like, well, I don't care about the innocent getting caught up in the system anymore because these people suck. No, that's a terrifying prospect. My issue is that Kamala Harris is a very bad person. And imagine what kind of person Kamala Harris will be given the power to uh, where she had had the power to you know decide who lives or dies. I'm not saying it is her. I'm saying imagine someone like her in that position. So just think about that, and then cross your fingers and hope it's not her. Because one day it will be someone like her. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. Not mm-hmm. a fan. But I, I look. I gotta admit, I don't even know if there are, there's an answer. Because you got to do something with people who are duly convicted under due mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets convicted. What do you do? You say we'll lock them in a box for the rest of their lives because it's better than killing them. Well, you could, be, you could be doing that to innocent people, too, and then there's still problems. All right, let's grab some more Super Chats. Smothers says, we heart ghost and, and lady emoji. Hmm. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the Swiss Army man says, ghost state, beat Iowa, ISU, ISU, no, ISU. No, no. And See, also- <laughs> this is a, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm a proud Hawkeye, but you didn't hear me once say that, you know, Iowa State, uh, is is an inferior uh, football team. I never say that. Well, he says, in all seriousness, though, this is a great show. Great that the show is attracting such great guests. There you go. So they're just well, they're they just... didn't realize how much you're paying me to be here, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no one. Else. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Sean forty six says, "Thank you, Tim Pool, for all your hard work. Great stuff. Please ask Mr. Whitaker if he appointed a ch- attorney John Durham. Was his son attorney John J. Durham also appointed by a uh, special prosecutor?" Oh, I'm sorry. If he appointed attorney John Durham, yeah, did you? I did not. Uh, I so John Durham has a son who's also a federal prosecutor in oh, New York City I in see. the Eastern District, oh. um, who 
worked a lot on the MS-13 cases uh, for us. And so it's sometimes confusing because there's two John Durham's at the Department of Justice. All right. Let's see. Only One Truth says, research CSRQSM and ask Tim Poole if he has sold us all out. Are you S-class, Tim? Are you gatekeeping the truth? I have no idea what that what means. On earth? But okay. it sounded funny, so I wanted to read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Social media, ma- social management software. I don't know exactly what it is, though. Oh, no idea. All right. Let's uh, let's grab some super chats. I don't think we're gatekeeping the truth. No, no, I don't know. We do it two and a half. Hours. Like you know, what I love is when um, we have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene on, and she's a member of Congress who just talks. You know, there's no canned responses, no scripted talking yeah. points, no list of journalists to call from. Right. I don't. Um, I don't know the truth. I watched Jacinda Ardern. Is that her name? The New Ardern. Zealand yeah. Ardern being like, "We are the arbiters of truth. If you don't hear from us, it's not real. We only the truth comes from." I'm like, dude, I'll but tell you what I know or what I see. But if truth- you got to question me. You, you can't. Yeah. I don't know what I know. Like, yeah. I, I can't guarantee that what I've been told is real. Well, and most of it, most things are pseudo events. You know, there's very few like real events. Yeah, most are like press conferences or you know, yeah. things that are you know just created. Um, you know, it's very- I love it. The like the idea that a corporation or a politician is going to come and give you the truth when a, when a crisis happens. It's like Deepwater Horizon spill. You think they're going to come out and tell you the yeah. truth? Yeah, right, dude. The dog could barf on the floor, and like a dude's going to lie to his girlfriend about it. You think a major corporation is going to come tell you the truth? No, come on. If you can't handle. Like pissing off your neighbor when he comes over and he sees spilled trash. Uh, must have been a raccoon. You think they're going to be like, oh, that oil in your in your bay and all your shrimp getting killed or whatever? Yeah, you're right. All right. Sega Infinite, Infinite says, I usually watch IRL the day after on 1.5 speed. Today I'm watching live and it'll be the first time I'll be watching the after show as I just got my membership this morning. Awesome. Yes. Cool beans. Looking forward if you to don't, I mean, this, the, I've saved a lot. Oh, good. For the, the, the after show. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> yeah. We, th- that, this has been the challenge. It's like, we go through a list of like, okay, YouTube will ban that, YouTube will ban that, YouTube will ban that. <laughs> and so, look, I'll say it, I say, I say it often. There's a lot of people who are like, stop doing your show on YouTube. And it's like, dude, YouTube dominates the, 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 the space. So we just try to create a bridge. And that bridge is, you watch it here. We put articles on TimCast.com. We create shows on TimCast.com. We have the members-only platform. The reason why it costs money to be a member is because it costs money to host the videos and for us to keep going. YouTube, you guys super chat. It keeps things going. There's ad revenue. And we, I'd much prefer not to be on YouTube. But I think I think of YouTube as an excellent opportunity for regular people to get exposed to this content and then find our website where we can have very serious conversations. Watch the conversation with Marjorie Taylor Greene last week. Yeah. We were talking about what the Republicans are going to do in November as it pertains to the 2020 election, things like that. Um, that's Plus, you need to be able to afford the bourbon I'm about to drink. That's right. The bourbon. <laughs> we, gotta afford it. we got some good bourbon, for it's sure. Absolutely. Um, we don't pay our guests, yeah, but I know. we take care of our guests. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yo, we've had some people uh, that we've not invited on the show respond with like, honorariums and fees 
Really? Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like oh. nobody, nobody gets paid to come on here. I said yes. That was <laughs> actually. And then know, I and, the then, and then and then we screwed up the date. Yeah, yeah. So. This is about oh, is that what happened? Date. Yeah. They're like, well, we have these other ten people. You want to join them? Like, no. Nah, yeah. Ten. This yeah. is all going to be about Matt today. Deserve a whole spotlight, Matt. I <laughs> yeah, in fact, right. I mean, this is. Did they should? Did, did they get to see this? this oh yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. Or are we yeah. saving this for the like members? No, we we have those. That is a spitting image. That's I love it. Well done. She chooses flattering pictures. That's awesome. We have it is, and I think. I guess that's my official picture. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. It's really well shaded. We have a wall of all of these pictures that Jessica has drawn of everybody They're and they've so assigned amazing. them all. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to like NFT them or something. Oh. But I'm like, nah. create like a database or like. Back in the day when that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it still is. I'm not it saying. It is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we're going to get like get a million zero five dollars. Ethereum. Yeah. Hey, or, that's money. Or. ETH, as you guys call mm-hmm. it. That's if right. we if we sold one and someone paid twenty bucks for the official, I own digital. some crypto. I get. I know. I yeah, get, of course. What are your favorite cryptos? Uh, just uh, I'm only in uh, I think Bitcoin and Ethereum. I, I do have some. Those are the good ones. Some okay. stable coin. Let me see what it's called. Bitcoin is in a league of its own. Yeah. Everything else is basically a stock and a bet yeah. on some company. Um, gosh darn it, where is it? USDT. So, I have some Gemini U.S. No. dollar oh, no. that's yielding me somewhere around five, six. I think you can check it. I, I'm not. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just saying, I like yield. Um, can't beat inflation though right now. Bitcoin took yeah. a big hit, but yeah. it literally does not matter to me. I have the Bitcoin for the Bitcoin, not for its U.S. value. Right. So, I've been in Bitcoin since Bitcoin was a couple bucks. Granted, I when when Bitcoin hit twenty bucks, I got all excited and sold it. I was like, "Yeah, I made a couple hundred dollars." Yeah. yeah, yep. Should trust. I think I like twenty. Yeah, no, I'm I'm I think it's gonna be interesting um, how how government regulates crypto. That's, that's gonna be a very very interesting thing to watch because yep. they don't understand it, and so um, you know they might just kill it um, by well, the way they want to regulate it. They'll try. The thing about uh, Bitcoin is you can't. Yeah, it's like trying to ban gold. It's like, I, yeah, you can. People are going to use it. All right, Leo Leo McDougal says Ammon Bundy is running for governor in Idaho. Would be a great Ooh. guest. Yeah, interesting. That would be a great guest. Very interesting. Idaho, Iowa, Ohio. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Alio says China currently is experiencing a wave of modern feminism, but any wokeness that would affect nationalism is heavily suppressed. Interesting. Where do they get the idea that they're? Having feminism I don't know. take over. I know their banks are collapsing. That's particularly bad for them. I'm interested yeah. in what's on their internet. Yeah. Probably all just pro pro communist party stuff. Um, well, what else can you? A say? lot of people say it's like educational content, mm-hmm. and all I don't right. Know. We got an angry one here from BoxFed TV. He says, how could you allow Ray and the FBI to get away with this? They are hunting conservatives. Ray shouldn't, should be in Gaunt Bay, in Gaunt Bay. Weak Republicans have allowed all of this. You didn't fight. Who ordered the stone raid? Uh, this is my point is that, that somebody in the field office in Florida ordered the stone raid or it was, you know, higher up. Could you fire him? At FBI. If you could get to who? I mean, this is, you know, that's the, it's really hard to reach down that many layers and, you know, get to. Fire them uh, all. Well, you can't. They're all, I mean, this is, this is is Trump's point. Yeah. This is Trump's point. You have one political appointee at the FBI. 40,000 employees and Chris Ray is the only political appointee. Wow. And in order to fire federal employees, it's ridiculously difficult. Yeah, well, the, uh, President Trump was just talking about it today. Uh, you know, they, there, it takes about five, there's three levels of appeal. After you try to fire somebody, each each round takes about five years. Wow! So just, I mean, now 
that's that's President Trump um, describing, you know, what somebody has probably told him or you yeah. know otherwise. But um, I believe that I have I have I know that it's I've, very 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 hard to get, to get rid of a career. Um, well, employee. but you got to get creative. You know, you don't you don't just go in and be like, let's start the appeal process. Where yeah. We're going to be firing. No, you. there's you can reassign people. You can move people around. You can get yeah, you know. I mean, exactly. uh, obviously. You got to be, you know, it's it's put it's, all forty thousand in Iowa. That would be too much federal law enforcement. <laughs> we are we already have, you know, sort of probably a safe state though. It's it would be a very safe state. Too much law enforcement though. Yeah, uh, the yeah. people of Iowa would not want that many FBI agents. Do you find that people in law enforcement look, Alaska look for like look for crim- crime? I mean, obviously some people are, but like where it's not there. Like I've heard the FBI will actually incite crime so that they can bust people that they think might be a problem in the future. But did you get that vibe? No, I didn't get that vibe. Uh, It was a, it's a target rich environment. You have people committing crimes all day. I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, the fraud threshold is how, how many million somebody has to steal before it's a federal case. I mean, that's, there's the, and I, I, you know, I'm not going to tell the story because it's not good. Um, but just say, let's just you know say that there's there's plenty of work for the FBI to do without you know creating, uh, enticing or otherwise you know uh, making people that wouldn't otherwise commit crimes commit crimes. Um, now, in the in the realm of terrorism and people that want to do harm to our country, I, I'm I'm sure uh, that there have been artifices that have been you know employed with people that are here illegally and you know otherwise don't have the same you know constitutional rights or due process rights, but you know, these are not example. I mean, I'm giving you a generic example that I don't have exact experience with. I just think that, you know, once you're talking about people that want to blow up buildings or, you know, create mass casualty events, I think, you know, kind of all bets are off. All right. But that would take it. That would take a high, a high threshold to get to that. You wouldn't just do that willy nilly. John L says, Whoopi also said that Jill Biden should be surgeon general, that she is an excellent doctor. I almost fell off my chair when I saw the clip. It's an older clip. It's making its rounds again. Did you see this when she was like? I didn't, but I believe it. Amazing. And then they're like, I think she's a teacher. And she goes, really? I thought she was a doctor. It's like, yeah, she's not even really a doctor. Yeah. It's like an honorary educational Rich. title or something like that. Yep, yep, yep. Let's see. Paul Thongam says, want to see Ian be put in front of Donald Trump and talk about graphing. We can, uh, we can get Trump on board. Yeah, I think it's the bridge between the environmentalists and the national industrialists because we can start cleaning the air and make the greatest graphene production facility on earth and start selling it to the world and become an economic powerhouse. What if like we interview Donald Trump in the next few months, we go up to Jersey and then just mid show, Ian's just like graphene and Trump goes, wait, what are you talking about? And then Ian just goes off on this tangent and then Trump is like, I'm going to make you graphene czar when I'm president. And then he actually does. And then, you know, the, the guys in suits show up with a helicopter in the lawn and they're like, Ian, you need to come with us. That'd be cool. And then the, we're <laughs> going to have cool. to, we'll have to work together globally so we don't take too much out of the air. We, it's going to be a huge you can human get carbon from other places, man. From asteroids, from the moon. We got to mine the you moon, but I'm starting local. Burn fossil fuels. Yeah, right. you can actually <laughs> upscale fossil fuels. You mine coal and then you hit it with lasers and turn it into graphene. It burns cleaner. What about Boris? So I don't, I don't want to admit, but this is not the first conversation in the last five days that I've had on this topic. Graphene? Yeah. Well, just, just this, the, just the whole solutions to all the world's problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I got a few more. Ian's graphene is, uh, becoming influential on it. We can fertilize the ocean with iron oxide to regrow plankton, which will cause fish blooms. And then we can 
fragment the coral called microfragmentation into thousands of particles of coral, and then you put them all near each other, and it all grows together. You can reform coral reefs. We can grow new coral reefs on Mars. It's going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mavis says, it's HPS, Harry Potter syndrome. Mm. Leftists want to run around pretending to be Dumbledore's army, not realizing they're the Death Eaters. Correct. Well, considering it's the only book they've ever read, that's a, that's, that's a, a good point. There's, you, you can, uh, this is funny. Seamus points out the only book that the left have, uh, the only books the left reads are Harry Potter and The Handmaid's Tale. But considering they're both just, ad- they were both adapted into film and I'll television, they probably just watched it. <laughs> Uh, I agree. Unfortunately. Good. I like the I agrees. Michael McCord says, look. Can at- I go back and read this super chat after I'm, after we. Oh, yeah. There's tons. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's tons. <laughs> I can't read all of them. Yeah, we don't have time. All right. Michael McCord says, look at the text of the Constitution. You can impeach any civil servant in the federal government. Even better, they can't serve oh, again. Oh, I like really? the sound of that. Hmm. All right. We'll grab a couple more here. Mike Cannelly says, would, would anyone be surprised if the documents needed to prove Hunter and Joe Biden's involvement in illegal foreign affairs happens to be in a building in Ukraine that no longer exists? Uh, of course, I would not be surprised. Probably been misplaced. Yeah. Like the guest list. <laughs> All right. Let's grab a couple more. Oh, well, so you admit that those. Uh... <laughs> no, not our guest list. A certain um, guy with an island's guest list. Oh. Yeah. Ethan Holloway says, hey, Tim, you tell people to move to the country. My family is from the Allegheny Mountains near you. Rural lifestyle, Appalachia poor. Blue City Dem have money to buy our land to escape. What makes you think they won't ruin our way of life? Oh, that's a good point. They might. But um, I don't think the people that I'm talking to are those people, right? The people I'm talking to want exactly what you're talking about. So the Democrats who live in the cities who want to flee probably aren't watching Tim Cast. You know, so they should any, be. I mean, they should be, and then they should abandon their Red cult pillow. mentality. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think the people who watch will be like, you know what? Um, actually, I'll say this without saying the name. There's there's one of our friends who lives in the New York area who's talking about coming out here, and they have great values, and they oppose all the same stuff you do. And this is what I'm saying: like, you can't just be scared that people are going to come and try and corrupt your way of life. You need to actively recruit mm-hmm. too. That's so. Right. Just do the best you can. Get to work, too. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com for the members-only show. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of uh, crazy government insider stuff that YouTube, well, they would get mad at us for, and it's unfortunate, but it's reality, and we're doing our best to make sure those conversations persist. So check out TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Matt, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, I just would love people to give my show, Liberty and Justice, a listen to. It's on all the podcast networks. It's also on YouTube and Rumble. And everything I'm doing, whether it's my TV hits and anything else, is on Whitaker.tv. Sign up for our newsletter. Right on. You can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty. But more importantly, I want you to go subscribe to Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time, every Monday through Friday, talking about entertainment news. We keep it lighthearted um, and we don't get political. So if you want to come have fun and not be so somber, then come join us subscribe um and also you get to shoot money at us yes. if you super chat so <laughs> i highly incentivize you to do so someone mentioned that because when the crisis parties keep happening you guys stay on the show longer it should be called hostage parties yeah no literally we are being held hostage <laughs> every single time right 
awesome. Hey guys, you can follow me at iancrossland.net. Get in touch with me social media. Um, Matt, I want to point people at your at your Twitter and Truth Social too. Matt Whitaker forty six. Yes, sir. People follow you there. Great to see you, man. Good to see you. Bye, yeah. everyone. Very fun show with Matt this evening. You guys should especially tune into Pop Culture Crisis because tomorrow I will be guesting. We're going to talk about awesome stuff. We always do. We don't talk about politics. It's a relief. It's a lot of fun. And they go every, they go hard every day, three to like five PM. It's awesome. You guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at Sarah Petulitz as well as sourpetulitz.me. Also, for all of you that are in New York, go check out Times Square because we have two, nine, two 96 foot tall billboards on a two-minute loop of all of our shows and hosts. Mary's on the billboard. Ian's on the billboard. We got Luke and Malice back up there. I'm up there. I got, we got my laser eyes. Yeah, we gave we gave Mary laser eyes on the billboard because I'm like, dude, if you're not ish posting, like, what are you even doing? And then we have a 96-foot-tall Roberto Jr., my rooster. And then on the right panel, because it's two billboards, is the cartoon of him screaming into the sky and then the anime rooster battle. Um, <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. You know, somebody mentioned the irreverence. They were like, I love it. And I said, yeah, how come, how come, like, we're not that successful. I mean, we are successful, but you take a look at some of these bigger, well-known individuals and they don't do fun stuff. Like, just buy a bunch of billboards and put clowns throwing pies. I don't know. Just do something. Right? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Clowns throwing pies? I mean, that your I, next like, idea? I, I actually, I shouldn't say anything, but we have some ideas involving clowns. Okay. I'm just, I'm just like, where, where's the fun? Where's the, where's the weird? Where's the irreverence? Where's like the shock to the system? Yeah. Where's the culture jam? Alex Stein knows what's up. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll leave it there. We'll be all over. Uh, we'll see you all over at timcast.com for that member show. Thanks for hanging out. Bye guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.